Hello and welcome to another episode of another music podcast with me, Harry Chris Robin, and my co-host, Jazzboy Fuck Icon. <laughs> Continuing to not bleep that. Um, in this episode, uh, we are going to be talking about more Muse content. This time we're going to go for a full album review of Will of the People. We've already done the song Will of the People, but now we're going to do the whole album too. Uh, before we dive into it, where can you find us? You can find me, Harry Chris Robin, on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, if you want to find me on there uh for the muse fans among you i've just yesterday 17 hours ago uh released my cover of we are fucking fucked uh, really really liked doing that song it was fun learning it and then recording it at the same time probably more one of the easier songs that's um, been released um i'm not looking forward to having to properly learn the fast soloing for euphoria yeah. but that's 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 future harry's problem so yeah go and check that cover out uh matt where can people find you uh you can find me at jazzboyfuckiconTM on instagram youtube tiktok uh i think i'm on discord as that as well but i don't have any discord chats or anything i'll set that up at some point and you can follow me on twitter if you want to get very triggered by some very random political takes on my Instagram and Twitter, I tend to kind of sometimes I'll post something that I genuinely believe, but a lot of the time I'm just trolling. And so it's quite fun to get people pissed off about whatever I post. So just a fair warning if you decide to follow me on those things. <laughs> yeah, fair warning at all. Uh, yeah, boy, do you still have Twitter? I mean, I have Twitter and I have TikTok, but I don't really use them. I use Twitter to see, uh, to watch, uh, to, uh, for the. Twitter account Fesshole. That is a brilliant Twitter account. If oh. anyone's listening, check Fesshole out. It's so good. Uh, anyway, concerning Hobbits, concerning this show, we're going to be talking about Will of the People, the full album, song by song. We're going to kind of gloss through the songs that we've already heard before because everyone's formed an opinion of those so far. And um, we're going to dive in, um, s- sticking mainly on the songs that up until this point hadn't been released. Um, so to really kick things off, Will of the People, track one, Will of the People. Um, like I said, we're going to blast through this quite quickly. Quite quickly now, since so we're properly in it now. Uh, <laughs> since the album came out, with the full context of the entire tracklist behind it, my view of the song of Will of the People has dramatically shifted. Um, well, dramatically, it's kind of more in line with what you had previously said about it, Matt. In that it's very repetitive, but do you want that from an opening song, uh, track? I now in, in kind of like full agreement with with you on that because no other song on the album is doing anything like what Will of the People is doing. Mm. It is a great opener. It's got that drive. Definitely, I think it works a lot better live. Full disclaimer, I've not seen Muse live this tour yet. I've not experienced Will of the People live, but you get a good idea of what it would be like, the atmosphere. Mm. And it very much is the live type song, but it really still works as a great opener for this album. I still stick by it. It's not their best opener. Um, I triggered you with my with my views on what is their best opener. I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna tread I'm not gonna tread that water again. Um, but yeah, with the full context of the album, Will of the People, the song now makes perfect sense. I still kind of believe that it should not have been released as a song ahead of the album. The context of the of the album is is playing to its strengths, so I, th- I think it shouldn't have been released. But not to say that it's a bad song. Matt, thoughts? Yeah, no, I think. Um... I I don't know how I would have reacted if it had come out on the album as opposed to being released as a single beforehand because of the whole beautiful people thing. Um, Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm kind of happy they released it beforehand because it meant that whatever controversies or issues there were about how close that is to beautiful people, that's in the fucking rear window now and I can just enjoy it as a song now. I don't need to think about anything else. 
Um, and yeah, like you said, like I don't really care that it's quite repetitive because mm. it, they don't really do anything else like that one on the album. So it's kind of fine, like whatever. Like yeah, no, to- totally agree. It's totally fair. I think yeah, we've kind of reached a, an equilibrium mm. on that song. So that's what other people done. Moving on to compliance, Matt. Talk me through your thoughts on compliance. Compliance. Um, weirdly, compliance kind of gives me vibes of like. Um, Sort of like supermassive black hole, kind of um, almost like if you took that and mixed it with uh, resistance and then something like thought contagion, you'd get compliance. I feel like that's where they've drawn their roots from for that one. Um, and yeah, it's been out for a while. I liked it when it came mm. out. I still like it. Mm. It's probably one of my favorite tracks on the album. Maybe that might change as we actually talk about the rest of the songs because I can't think oh, really? of all of the new ones now because I know that there's two <laughs> new ones that I'm like, yeah, those are my favourites. Mm. Um, but yeah, full, full disclosure before you said that we've um, in the benefit of the interest of actually having this podcast as a proper discussion, I've made sure to not really ask you anything. So if the audience is thinking this is all scripted, it's not. We've all we've got a footnote. Yeah. So I, I I've only got a guess as to what your favourite new songs are. Mm. Um, for but in terms of uh, my my thoughts for compliance, uh, full disclosure: when the song came out, I was like, "What WTF is this?" <laughs> yeah, but then like, I, Abba, I what's li- going on? <laughs> yeah, and then I listened to it for a second time, and I started to soften on it. I didn't; it didn't properly click for me up until I started playing it on guitar, mm. and I realised it's this; it's a blank canvas. Like y- you can play whatever you want. Um, and then I made my cover for it. I realised that my co- my cover has errors. Oh, does it? Right, I'm just gonna. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I um I miss out the G minor chord. I just play A sharp major twice, um, and then because I played the leak version, I uh, miss out the solo. So I'm keep I keep toying with the idea of redoing that cover. But anyway, um, then I absolutely love that song. Compliance. Uh, it's in one of my favourite keys, D minor. If you wanna, if you want, nice. if you want me to like a song, write it in D minor, and I'll just love it. I do quite I've like got D minor. No, I've I've got no justification as to why for that, but I just really <laughs> like D minor, um, and it, 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 the, it's just a lot of fun. It's got a great dynamic range. The song has only improved with the album mm. as the context, um, uh, like the like as a through line all the way through. It has a lot of synergy with Will Other People, the song, and then to take it another step further of just like you know get in line or die sort of thing. I like that. Hmm. Mm. Um, so in terms of get in line or die, let's move on to liberation. Interesting. If you're, if you're, if you're yeah, yeah. on board. Compliance yeah, right. With. Okay. Right. So for the songs that we haven't spoken about before, the songs that have only just been released via the album, we're going to talk up, find the good bits and the bad bits. Um, I've got some notes on Same. liberation. Uh, this is the, I love queen song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm not. I'm not saying that as a detriment. It's just everyone with ears will go. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is this is the Queen song. Now, referencing back to our discussion on the resistance and United States of Eurasia, I still kind of stand by that. Basically, that song is just like you can see they were trying to do a Queen thing, but it didn't really work out. But here, oh my goodness, has it landed? Yeah. I think it's a bit bombastic and a bit bombastic and a bit ridiculous and a bit too out there. But I think it really, really, really works. They've it. It's just crazy, and the dynamic range in there um, for it to go, you know, quite a bit loud and then uh, so on, really bloody works. And that layering of the vocals, the production is tip top the only th- bad thing that i've got to say about the album 
is something I don't normally comment on because it doesn't really have that much meaning to it, and it's a lyrical thing. The the line of the stole the airwaves, but the air bit, right? That lyric, that line feels so amateurish. Yeah. I cringed a bit at that one. Yeah, it's 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 the use of the word but. It's like a child wrote it. Mm. That's the but thing is that's the only that's the only criticism I can really throw at this song because it's because it's just so much fun. This whole album just sounds like they had a lot of fun making it. Yeah, and they're and they're not taking everything like too seriously. Yes, there are kind of like serious topics in terms of you know woeful political oversight mm-hmm. of the world right now is, but they're having a lot of fun with it. If you if you just look at um, Halloween, like yeah. later on, it, that's just pure fun. I mean, you can't get more fun. You can't have a more, really much more of a fun take of how fucked the government is than the whole, thank you, thank you, we've had enough. That's so fucking like ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, I totally agree. But then, it, yeah, that, that line, that, that one line of, but the air, it, it's so quick, it's so minor, it doesn't mean anything on the grand scheme of things. You can see what he's trying to say. I think he could have had a bit of be- a better of a... Oh, God, that sentence, Harry. He could have had a better attempt at trying to articulate that there in a more artistic and stylish way yeah. than just saying, but the air. I, almost, I think it's also the fact that he's repeated the word air in that sentence yeah. as well. Yeah, I almost wonder if that line might... You might have been able to get away with that line a bit later in the song if there was more instrumentation going on. But because mm. it's so isolated and it's just him and the piano, it's like, okay, so the lyrics need to be good here, man. Like, but yeah, yeah. That, that's it. Like, yeah, that, yeah that, that, that what you've just said will bring me on to ghosts in terms of like the limited inst- uh, instrumentation. But yeah, I mean, those are my thoughts on Liberation. I think it's, it's a cracking little song. Really, a lot of fun to to go for. I mean, thoughts, Matt, observations, any good yeah. bit, any standout bits, any kind of bad uh, standout bits for you? So, I, I think Liberation is the, the one I like least at the moment out of all the new okay. songs, which is weird okay. because you said yesterday, because I did mention to you that I think Liberation is probably my least favourite. We didn't really go yes. into any details. And you said that's mm. weird because of the whole Queen thing. And I was like, yeah, it oh. is weird because I should like it because it is the Queen thing. And like, I liked Resistance because of that. So I couldn't quite figure out what it was. I think there might be something missing in the mix or maybe I've just listened to it at the uh, not quite the right volume so I'm not driving my headphones properly or whatever. But it just felt a little bit like there was too much space between some of the instruments and I was like, I wish it blended a bit better. Then again, that might just be the fact that they've had to leave space because of the mad harmonies that are coming in at points. Um, I suspect, I suspect it might be that. Yeah. And I, then, I can see what you mean. Mm. I can totally see what you mean. I mean, you and I have had different kind of approaches with kind of, review, of reviewing this. I feel like I'm looking at it from a compositional and guitarist kind of mind and mm. you are very much going in with those minds too but i think i feel you're looking a bit more closely at the mix element yeah sorry there's, there's something on fire in my road uh, <laughs> wond- wonderful um <laughs> uh, whatever there's just smoke coming down my road okay whatever uh yeah no on, i'm trying i'm trying to go through lyrics of Muse songs where this might actually work welcome uh, to the desecration uh, um, <laughs> uh, something i don't know <laughs> Um, so, something in that. No, uh, you're right. I'm kind of looking at it from almost a producer perspective as well. Like, mm, um, I feel we, yeah with that one. I think we definitely both are. Yeah, 
in terms of like what is what is the arrangement what what are the instruments being used you're mm. looking way more at the the mix side of things i'm looking at the kind of the I guess the musical aspect mm-hmm. which is good because it's good yeah, to, it to, to, to have a, diversity and observation broad spectrum um, um yeah i think but i like i like the view that you're taking of that uh, yeah being aware of the the holes in the mix but you know is it it's for one it's for one reason or, an, or another i think that's to fit the the those layered vocals which is i would say the usp of the song in a way yeah yeah definitely i think so and i think the fact that in the video they released of their live performance or live performance of the song in the studio um performance video yeah yeah that's the one um we, we, we hang on hang on i'm sorry i do keep butting in there's so much stuff i think it's hilarious that they paid abbey road because they pay what is it thousands by the hour to mime because it's yeah. in Abbey Road Studios, yeah. right? And and I think those were recorded like that was months and months and months ago mm. when that um de- that when that DeLorean guitar was announced or whatever it was. Um, I think it's hilarious that they paid that just to mime the videos. <laughs> I think that, well, so funny. you say that. I love those videos. That I think that's so good. Me too. I really like the videos because I I wish they'd done one for each song. To be honest with you, um, but yes, I think I have heard some subtle differences between the re- final recording on the track on the album and the live performance videos. There's a couple of tiny little things where I'm like, is this actually a slightly different take? So oh, there's there, interesting. There was a vocal bit in what was I listening to? Because um, it, it's only been um, there's only liberation, euphoria, and fucking fucked. I think it was it's Euphoria. Only three. I think it was Euphoria that I heard a different vocal, like just it probably is literally just another take from the vocal takes, but it is. Okay. I'm sure it's different. Uh, but anyway, back um, to Liberation. Um, yes, yes. I'm so sorry for distracting you. No, it's all right. Uh, it's quite. It's one of those things, isn't it? When a new album comes out, you just get a bit excited. Um, uh, I really quite. Oh, this is something that I really liked about it. They didn't just stick to slow piano and then big ha choruses but still in that mm. style because the second verse comes in and it suddenly sounds like dig down or something because of the like those like synth drums in there and i'm like mm. this is brilliant because this is really doing what muse said they were going to do which is like the best of their sound their and i think sounds. that's actually quite oh. <laughs> good on this 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 song and my other favorite <laughs> thing about this that's kind of similar to that that, that textual textural tonal thing is that outro with the thing? Because that is like straight out of like Mew or Deer Hunter or that fucking is it? What is the Sherlock band? Uh, what, what uh, Deer Sherlock? Yeah, is it called well, Deer Sherlock? Their name. That's yeah, hilarious. Sure. So they're called Deer Sherlock because I think so. Yeah, uh, let me Deer look, Hunter I've got, as well. I've got that. I've got that album because I think they're great. Yeah, Deer Sherlock, but they changed their name. Interesting. Do I find hilarious that there are? It's a they're because I think it, it's from the, the the front guy who's half Portuguese, half half English, so he's like from Hull and Portugal. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, quick shout out to the Dear Sherlock EP from 2012. Some absolute bangers. Supernova. It's gone. It went through at least two versions of it, but it's like that's the most Muse non Muse song I've heard in a very long time. Mm. That's oh my goodness. That is ten years old. Yeah, we're old, man. I remember, I remember when like, I found that on YouTube yeah, and I was same. like. <laughs> And it was like, oh, music. This is a secret music. Yeah, someone was like, like, oh, it's leaked, and it was like, no, <laughs> no, no. But yeah, qu- uh, quick shout out to De- well, the then band Dear Sherlock, and now there's something else. But yeah, now. brilliant. Any any hardcore muse fan who knows of that band will know exactly what we're talking about. 
Again, sorry for distracting you. Carry on. No, that's good. Um, I love that outro because that when yeah. I first heard that vocal like uh, uh, acapellary outro thing, um, it was one of those things. I think I said this at some point on the Resistance talk about how sometimes Muse do things and I wish they didn't or I wish they would do other things just to satisfy me. Like <laughs> there's certain things I hear in a song and I'm mm. like, oh, it'd be awesome if they actually went there with that. And in this one, I feel like, oh, they've actually done what I would want them to do <laughs> kind of thing. So I'm actually quite happy. It's not my favorite off the new album, but I am, I don't have any negative feelings towards it. And it's more like a song that I needed rather than one that I wanted. Maybe. Oh, that, great observation. Couldn't agree more. I think, yes, my, my observation on that, that one dodgy lyric, that's, that's not, that's, I'm, I'm not even counting that as a bad thing. That's mm. just a personal niggle. Yeah. But it's, it, for the context, the lyrical context, content and contextually, it kind of makes sense. It works. It flows so well that the, the narrative they're weaving within that song works so well. It's not just an AB thing. They, you know, that there's that kind of the soft verses and the big choruses, and then it comes like back down again, but with some extra drive behind it. It has got great dynamic range, but it's kind of almost trying to consistently and continuously kind of reinvent itself and reassert itself within the whole song, mm. which is impressive because it's sub four minutes. To yeah. Just fill all that content. I mean, it is for, weird you know, how short in, some of these songs are. I know. Yeah. But they cover a lot of content. I mean, um, they don't necessarily yes, feel argue, it either. Like it doesn't feel like, yeah. oh, I want more. Well, it does because I want to listen to them again, but I don't get to a point in the song like, Oh, I thought I had another chorus left. Like it, mm. it still just feels good. Yeah, it's yeah, it's perfect. I think. Well, not well, not perfect. But it's really good. Mm. It's, yeah, it's a strong one. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, talk to me about a- anything that your views of "Won't Stand Down" may have shifted um, now, with with the context of the rest of the songs on the album. Weirdly, now I think "Won't Stand Down." Um, I think it's a bit weaker than I thought it originally was. Now. Um, mm. Live, I said before that I don't think it works as well live. I think Will of the People, Compliance, and Kill or Be Killed are way better live, but Won't Stand mm. Down, I think, is better on the album. And I think, I don't know why that is, it, because it should technically make sense. It's just another metal track with some synthy stuff in there, but it doesn't hit the same. Um, and now, after having like Compliance, Liberation, Won't Stand Down, and then Ghosts, it doesn't really fit, I don't think. Between liberation and ghost, you almost need. I see what you mean. Yeah, I mean, I still like it, and there's no. I don't. I I don't dislike it at all. I still probably like it as much as I did when I first heard it. But now I feel Mm -hmm. like it's actually surrounded by so much other better stuff that it's kind of like, oh, this was cool, but look at these ones. Like, yeah, but I would say that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, that's probably a brilliant thing. Yeah, but you want to. I think there's something in there for kind of like. Uh, showcasing maybe technically the weaker aspect of the album, mm. but then uh, won't stand down on its own. Hits really bloody hard. I remember that live video that that Matt streamed with Bing in in his Tesla, mm. and it was just like you know Bing, Bing just rocking out like, and it was just I like yeah, that. this is gonna be a uh, yeah. It was great. It was so good. It was a good kind of like collective moment for the entire Muse uh, fandom, and. It really, it really resonated with everyone, and, and I think that's not going to get, be taken away by anyone. But then, if you can say, if you can roughly say contextually on, on the album, "Won't Stand Down" might be one of the weaker songs, mm. but it can still do this. It says a lot for the album. It does, yeah. I think maybe um, it was a good strategic move. I mean, it's still yeah. going to be like it's got that riff. It's going to like you know blow your face off. Um, I, I can see what you mean by not be as kind of like might not hit as hard live. 
I know. I think I know what you mean, but I can't articulate it. But I know that's where you're coming the thing. Is like I can't quite articulate it, but I think you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's something about it. Needs, it. It needs it to kind of like hit that hard and and to cut through that well in the mix. And you and I both know that you know live. It's so hard to get a good mix, especially mm. like a, a big like kind of like arena um, environment where oh, like yeah. there is just so many erroneous hit. frequencies and sounds that are kind of going on. on. It, yeah. Um, I still think it's really strong, but with the rest of the album behind it, Won't Stand Down has kind of lost a bit of its strength, but mm. I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just it's just to say that its company is just a lot stronger. Yeah, than it. everything else is so good. <laughs> <laughs> cool, uh, right. I think, I, think, I think we've kind of exhausted kind of maybe Won't Stand Down. Let's move on to Ghosts. Right. Okay, so this is the Adele song. Yes, right? definitely. Right, so when you said that, <laughs> when you said that in that previous show that we did, I was like, oh my God, no, no, we don't need that, as you said, but do we need that? Right, so I was really skeptical, really negative, really pessimistic, mm-hmm. and I could not have been more wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the song. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it's the song that I didn't know that we actually needed. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would never have asked. This is how this I song. feel about a lot of this album. Yeah, I would never have asked for this song. Mm. It, as 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 lovely as unintended is, it's kind of like that. Like often, I will never think. To, you know, what I want to listen to specifically. I want to listen to unintended. I never yeah. do that. No, I, I never, neither do I. Never ever really. do that. But like, Ghost is like taking that a step further. And there's something in here that I've written in my notes. On its own, without this aspect, the song is fine, and I like how it moves. The piano bit, that that constant kind of relentless melody on the piano is great, and then but the the lower end of the register on the piano helping it kind of keep that drive going. But the line, I'm I'm focusing on the lyrics a lot more than I yeah. would normally. What has this album done this is to interesting. me? The line, um, the great reset, you know that mm-hmm. bit that he just that the way that he draws it out and what it means. Well, mm-hmm. at least to me, the the concept of the great reset in terms of like the great filter on humanity where like civilization stops and goes back to square one. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I thought that line completes the song for me. It may, it takes it from pretty good to like fucking epic. Yeah, man. It, I think it's, um... it's, it, it's such a soundtrack type song as well. I think because of that piano, I could see this in something like a, a Chris Nolan film, yeah. an instrumental version of this song. Something a bit is maybe Matt's trying to channel his inner, Hans Zimmer, but with on a on a smaller kind of less grandiose scale. Yeah, it feels a bit like when he was doing things like Soaked and then Exogenesis, obviously, but like a mm. like a kind of a le- a more accessible version of what he was trying to do with Exogenesis. I think. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Oh, not had that, not had that thought. That is a great, uh, great observation. My, I mean, two last points that I've got. Actually, no, three points I've got on this. So, how many key changes are there? Is there two? Is there three? Are there four hundred? I'm not too uh, sure. There's, least, there's, a, there's, there's at least one that I can. I uh, so that's find. the thing. Um, I'd have to listen to it again because and and play around. The only bit I've noticed that happens is um, it's not really like a key change. It's like a a moment where it shifts to um, a related key, but it's not a full key change. If you see what I mean, there's a word for that, and I can't remember what it's called. Um, well, like shift to like a relative minor, or like where like like the- that. But it's you. It's probably um, probably like shifting to like the uh, is the it fourth, the final chorus or fifth. 
before yeah just before that it moves into this bit where it does sound like it's changing key but i'm not actually certain that it is i could be completely wrong and it might just be yeah. that i'm overcomplicating it in my head but it, <laughs> it the way the chords move sound like a classical thing that i used to remember mm. being able to do and it's it's not a full key change it's like a a, like a touch a in something else bit. to bring you back somewhere else kind of thing um but i can't remember so i'll have to double check yeah. that it, yeah, it, it was literally just a question. Then my na- my next bit is a lot more kind of related to the song. Um, I think, especially for the type of song this is, this is just piano vocal for for Matt. That he's doing a bit more of this recently, as we've seen with his in solo released stuff, which mm. I was very dubious about. I think maybe his approach with this has been perfected. I think. Or perfected and so uh, or improved at least. Um, I have looked at this from like a mixing and a production side of things, and I put it to you: Is this does this have perfect vocal production? Mm. I think, like, because it's as you said earlier, this song only has piano vocal to fill the frequency range, so there's a lot of room that you can put in there, and the, you can really kind of get the full force of the vocals out there. And Matt has got a bit of an iconic voice, you know, get high tenor falsetto sort of thing he doesn't do falsetto here but it's just like you know a lot to fit in there and as the song goes on the kind of vocal production it gets the levels gets get louder it feels like it's really filling that room and it reminds me of the um the the production technique they use for bowie on heroes um so obviously as that song goes on he kind of bowie's kind of belting it out louder and louder and what they did there was line up like three microphones in a in a line mm. and they put a gate on some of them and so when he sang louder it would open the gate and that microphone would then basically activate in a way picking up you know those frequencies and kind of making the mix louder i've got a feeling that something like that has been done here because his voice just kind of keeps growing in a way and i think with the song in mind the instrumentation in there i think that's perfect like a real good way to cannot make the mix boring keep it interesting mm. What what are your thoughts to that? Um, yeah, there's definitely something going on with the vocal because it's... So you'll probably understand what I mean by this, but other people might not, so I may have to go back and explain this. But it sounds like it's being compressed without me being able to hear compression, if you see what I mean. Because it's not necessarily that the voice gets any louder from the how can I to the how can I kind of like belting thing. Um, it almost sounds like he's properly like fader ridden his vocal for the whole song and everything's actually been controlled that way as opposed to using compressors. I'm sure that's not what they've done because that's a real fucking headache to actually do it that way. But yeah. The, and, in, and in a way that's what compression does. Yeah. It's a bit, but, but a compressor is a lot more like you have solutionist. Yeah. Like, and it's like it's, if it reaches this, then it will do this. Yeah. And there's also an extra color or sound that comes with. Yes. A compression, so to speak. Yes. Um, and yes. that's not, it doesn't feel like. So, a good example I've got off the top of my head is when he goes to the really quiet bit in um, I Belong to You, the French bit, you can really hear the compression on his vocals because it sounds yeah. almost old fashioned, like an old fashioned mic. I'm yes. sure they did yeah, part yeah, yeah, of yeah. that deliberately for the sound, but that is that sound of like super compressed, kind of like you hear everything. And mm. you don't hear any of that sound on Ghosts, which is really mm. nice because it just feels mm. open, even though it's probably not with the amount of compression and stuff that's going on behind the scenes. But you just can't hear it. 
Yeah, and it's it, it, this is what I mean. Like the production that's gone into it, there's a lot of thoughts gone into or gone into it. Maybe it's because they were like, right, essentially this is piano vocal. We can't hide anything under noises of anything else. Everything is on show. Mm. How can we? How can we do this? And I think the practice that Matt has put in in relation to his the solo stuff that he's done, you know, um, that 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 release that he did. What was it last year where he redid "Take a Bow" and intended. Guiding Light. Uh, Guiding Light. That was a weird one. I, th- <laughs> I refuse to listen to that one. The only one I like really is Take a Bow. I hadn't, I've not, I can't, I've probably listened, I've just blocked it from my memory. Uh, <laughs> it's, it, the, the, yeah, his, his take on, his take two on Take a Bow is brilliant. Mm. It's so good. Um, but yeah, I think that basically has just been practiced to like, right, let's get it down. Because a big aspect of it is that you can have all the, you know, the production techniques in the world. But I think a big aspect of it is actually like kind of having a bit more control over his act of his of his actual voice in mm-hmm. the recording process um i think is a is a very good vocalist so he's got a lot of that control anyway but i think it's maybe being a little bit more aware of things because his normal approach to doing music when there's you know other instruments and it's you know there's some real power behind it mm. so he can just go with that but because it's so minimalist he's really got to pay attention to what he's doing and i think he's done it an absolutely amazing job on this non-traditional muse song yeah so many elements have come together, and I think it's absolutely fantastic. Again, it's the song that we needed, but not the one we wanted. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. like Batman. <laughs> it's it's the the Batman this song. is the Batman of Muse albums. Um, <laughs> it's the Batman of Muse albums. But, uh, you're absolutely right. No, you're right. I think, for starters, I think Matt Bellamy's probably got one of the best voices in modern music um, because he's just got such range and seemingly such power and stamina to be able to do mm. the stuff he does. Um, and that's not me talking as a Muse fan. That's like, point me in a direction, unless you want to go into the metal world, because there are some very impressive singers in the metal world, but point me in the singer in another alt-rock, Queens of the Stone Age-y, killers band that has got a voice like him. There isn't one, really. Like, Well, I really like Josh Homme's vocal. Style. Oh, yeah, but I wouldn't call him, <laughs> a, I would not call him a good vocalist. Like, he's acceptable and he can sing, but I don't listen to Queens of the Stone Age for his vocals, if you see what I mean. That's not something I take away from Queens of the Stone Age and go, oh, they're the vocals and the riffs. No, it's just the riffs, the songs, the vibe, whereas music's like, yeah, the vocals are a huge Every, thing. Yeah, I, I see what you mean. Well, I think Josh Homme's voice, Josh Homme's voice fits with Queens of the Stone Age. Oh, that, yeah. is a separate, that is a separate conversation. That is a separate conversation. <laughs> that might be a show in and of itself. Um, I love Queens of the Stone Age. Yeah, I'd love to do a show on Queens. Uh, so I've got a couple of notes um, yes, for Ghosts. Hit me. Uh, my first note was, a slow ballad that isn't cringe. What a nice change. Yep, agreed, agreed, right. Because yep. I was like, yep. yep, that works for me. Um, the other thing I said, I think it works more because although I don't even think lyrics are that much more that different to what he's been singing in the last couple of albums, um, but what it just feels like he believes, he believes what he's singing a bit more. Well, to cut in there, yeah. at time of recording, this is the 28th of August, right? And yesterday, Matt was doing a huge dump on Twitter. He was answering a lot of stuff that fans were putting mm-hmm. out there. They were asking all sorts of questions. One of them one of them we'll cover in this podcast. One of them was asking, you know, are we going to see ghosts on the set list for the tour? And he was saying, it might be on a few, but it's too painful to put on every show. Yeah, Something I saw that, that as well. And I was like, so that made me think, so where's the, where are the lyrics come from from this? Because he's still with his wife, so mm-hmm. it's not a breakup song about his wife. Mm-hmm. It's, it would be really bizarre if he's talking about Kate Hudson. Because the, the lyrical content of this is like... I'm interested to see where uh, you're going with this. Go on. It, 
well, you think like, like because of it, Adele song. Adele songs are all about breakups, right? Mm. He's still with his wife, and he broke up with Kate Hudson like over ten years. Well, ten years ago. Yeah, right yeah, about that. Yeah. So, but Kate is still in his life because they've got Bing. And they seem to be friends. They get on. So who is he talking about in this? Mm. Could it be about? Could it be about his uncle that had cancer that he wrote "Get Up and Fight For"? Mm. But, but, but I'm looking at the content of this song and the lyri- and the lyrics for it. It sounds like more of a, rom- a romantic relationship. Yeah. Or unless I'm or unless I'm just being a bit. Oh, dense. I know what it's about. His old what Italian is- girlfriend. But Gaia. He's, but he's never really got over. No. Yeah. I, I, th- I think it's about her because I, I bet that's why I bet that's why he's um, the psychologist. Yeah, yeah. I bet that's why he doesn't want to um, sing "Falling Away" with you either. Oh my god! Or endlessly, because I think they're all about her. Yeah, and then and maybe that's why "Map of the Problematic" got dropped as well because yeah. the song's about bickering with her. Well, he changed oh the lyrics god. in that, didn't he? To since, since I, lost I lost you. you. Yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So oh. I think it's about that. Gee. Oh my god. That is some hot tea. <laughs> don't tell. Don't tell his wife. That's the thing. That but a, I don't know. Is, maybe, is, it might not be her because I don't know why people would still talk about her to him. They were together since two thousand one, so like right? Two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Was it? Um, I think it was two thousand and ten because I seem to remember them breaking up, coinciding with him changing the lyrics of "Map of the Problematic" at a show in London for the first time, or something like yeah. that. They did thought, like I, "Map" I, and I, "Unintended" I think, in the same night. Yeah, but um, maybe I thought maybe maybe two thousand nine, but you know that era begin early resistance, let's say, mm-hmm. and that and that was from when Muse were, you know, small. They just they just smashed out Origin right up to resistance, which is you know maybe you could say is their most commercially successful. So that's a, that's a big period of 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 their relationship, and they you know they spent a lot of time. They were engaged. Mm. And so, you know, you can put as many years between you in a relationship and they'll still kind of haunt you. I mean, I still have oh, me like, too, man. memories of my first ex. And when I was 15, well, 15 into 16, it's like, okay, right. That, 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 those mental images are never shifting out of my brain. So keep talking. I'm just looking up the lyrics to see if, the, if there is anything that makes me kind of lean more towards what yeah. we just said or if th- we're probably I, wrong. I, or- I, think, I think what you said is, is, is the... Uh, is, is the strongest contender in terms of a theory for it. I mean, yeah, they, they were together for a, for a significant amount of time. Um, and uh, no, it, it just makes sense because what else is there? M- Matt's not massively open about his relationship um, or his personal life, which I, I kind of like. I don't really like to hear about mm. celebrity goss, really. I don't really care. They're human beings at the end. We shouldn't be leading, leading our lives based on what they do. Yeah, um, but people kind of deify. Oh no, um, people seem to kind of grandify celebrity life, which is sort of like celebrity is kind of like the new religion. Did I, Again, did, I, did I dream it, or did Matt Bellamy's grandma die recently? Don't know. Because that's the I, I'm sure I read something about his grandma, and I know his grandma was quite integral to him doing music because I think he lived with her for a while. You did. I wonder if it's about that because how can I move on? I guess maybe family, um, and then like when all the best things. Ah, uh, I don't know. It's hard. To try. We're spending a lot of time trying to figure out what the song's about. Yeah, <laughs> we, we we said that we'd um, have five minutes for this discussion, and so far we are at like well, thirty-eight uh, minutes into this. That's a good good topic. Uh, yeah, okay, we'll leave that one for now. I think it's probably about his ex-girlfriend, just from the the idea that the lyrics of like when everything I built 
with you kind of thing. It's like, well, he built his career whilst he was with her. Like, yeah, that completely. Yeah, unless as well, wrong. it's about the girl that he wrote unintended about, where it was like, I could be a musician or I could go and live with you. Who knows? Uh, well, actually, um, so into that, the origin of Muse. Uh, thing that they did, you know, the release of like, um, oh shit, the, yeah, the, re- yeah. the remaster of Showbiz and and um, and uh, Origin. Mm. They kind of did some kind of like in depth interviews with that, and they were talking about when they did uh, Unintended. So Unintended started out as just this chord sequence that he had, and then he wrote lyrics over the top of that you could just say is a love song. Um, I based on that. I don't actually put that much material, whatever, for lack of a better word, mm. for the strength of the relevance of the lyrical content of unintended. It's just kind of like more of like an ear pleasing rather than a soul pleasing. Yeah, I feel, I, mean that. With that. I feel that. Um, the last, very last thing of Ghost, the, the only negative thing I have to say about it is the transition from Went Stand Down into Ghost is very jarring. Yeah, it's weird. I, I think it's the weakest transition you have. I mean, because you've got this massive, you know, powerful, heavy song into something that really drastically changes down gears wise. Mm, mm. But maybe that's, maybe that's deliberate to show the, di- the, the range and the diversity of the album that, that they've got here to have, you know, two very opposing approaches to music is only going to like magnify mm. the, that range of it. Again, it's, it's, it's a bad bit technically, but is it, be- is it, is it there just to go look at the range of music we're doing? Here? Yeah, I think it's, I think it works in some ways because it's doing that, but the way they could have justified it a bit more is maybe put it, maybe have done Won't Stand Down, make me feel like it's Halloween, then do Ghosts, because then you could kind of argue that, oh, it's supposed to be the album flip on an old vinyl, like how you have Great Gig in the Sky and then Money in Dark Side of the Moon, because it's kind of like Great Gig ends the first part of the album, second part of the album begins with Money. You could argue that that's what they were doing with this, but they aren't, because it's way too early for it to actually be an album flip. Like, but... Yeah. I do well, like when, the- when albums do that, though. Like, they have, like, a middle yeah. interval point. But this is too early, really, for it to be that. Yeah. Let's move on to uh, You Make Me Think It's Like Halloween. Woo! Talk to me. Halloween. <laughs> um, this, uh, I, I think we've got a segment later about which one's our favourite song, but I'm just going to say it. This one's my favourite. Um, yep. It's, uh, what did I write for this one? Um, blah, 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 blah. So my first point was just movie references are great. Um, <laughs> they've uh, there's a couple you've seen in the CBS there. you've seen the CBS interviews is that the one where he, t- he talks about how they did the line from Misery yeah I haven't watched the full thing but I've seen that bit um, yeah, and then and then the other one is just like the one from The Shining at the very end it's um, but you are the caretaker oh yeah I liked I really loved that um I, my, my note that I've got is uh, this song is what they should have done to get their 80s synthwave vibes out of their system. I'd much rather have one or two for this album's sake, well-polished love letters to a certain genre as opposed to 10 tracks that sort of vaguely feature iconic sounds of a said genre. Now, I know that there are other bits on Will of the People that have 80s vibes, but this is the only real track, apart from maybe Euphoria, that feels like a pure 80s love letter. And it's yeah. just 10 billion times better than anything off of simulation theory. You've got, you've got the, the notes from the cue sheet that I put in. And if, so if you got that, so my note on this, is this the song that simulation theory was missing? Ah, uh, yes, yes. I've just read that bit. So I we've saw, basically yeah. just had, we've basically got the same thought. Yeah. And, and um, this, yeah, this song does in one song what simulation theory did in all of it. I would trade a good two thirds of simulation two theory thirds. just for this song. 
Like, oh god, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> this is way better than pressure. This is way better than propaganda. propaganda. I think it's better than Dark Side. I know that's hard yes, because no, of the no, solo, yeah, no, but yes, I do yeah, think I, I'll I'll totally give you that. I'll t- I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Mm, totally. I think it makes more sense altogether. Um, my other thoughts on it, I just I really the intro is really cool. It reminds me of a song that I've not quite picked up yet, but it is a, definitely a reference to another song. Um, something like the Monster Mash or Someone's Watching Me. Um, one of those two songs that's got a very similar sound to. Um, <laughs> I played it to my mum and she said it sounds like Bon Jovi and I was like, that's cool, I like that. Um, okay. And I, my last note is just, thank fuck for whoever it was who decided to use the brown sound for the solo as opposed to a classic Muse guitar sound because that brown sound when it came in i was because i was kind of thinking like there's going to be a solo here it's going to kind of be dark sidey and then it came in and it was a van halen solo and i was like yep. thank fuck thank fuck whoever was on the producer bit for that bit because that was the best thing they could have done yeah i love that i also hate it because i've now got to make be a brown sound van, i've got i've now <laughs> got to do a van halen um See, I don't, speed I've, got care. I've got a kemper so <laughs> Yeah, well, no, it's not. It's not really the um, the sound for it because it's just for me. It's just going to be uh, my uh, prime distortion with delay. Oh right, yeah, that's, that's that works. That's, that's my approach going to be. It's more like speed is not my strong suit as a guitarist. Yeah, I have. I've gotten a little bit nervous, but excited about I'm, the thing at the end. Yeah. Um. It, so yeah, in relation to the as I said earlier with the covers, like yeah, uh, Euphoria is going to take a lot of time, but I think. Halloween, in, I'm just going to call it Halloween, um, it is going to take a even a little bit longer and I'm actually shitting myself. I'm so excited. I'm going to give it a go. I've got, I've, <laughs> I've, I've now, I feel like I've got a bit of a, um, a title to retain, mm. <laughs> but speed is not my strong suit as a guitarist. Cause when you look at all these, like, you know, the, you know, the classic fast guitarists you're talking about, you know, Van Halen, Steve Vai, Herman Lee, or like these people are just like ridiculously fast. Or like, uh, um, I'm just like, that's great. You sound like a robot, but like, where's the passion? Where's the soul? Mm. But because it's, because Matt's done this bit in very, very short bites of speed. It's like, what is it? Like two, one or two bars long. Yeah. And they're just, little I like that because stuff. it's not just, it's not just showing off. It's just, it's there to kind of round it off. Even then it's just terrifying me because that's not, that's not how I do. That's not how I do guitar. Mm. Um, but because it's my favourite guitarist of all time has done it, then it's kind of like it's it's gone. Oh, this is acceptable now. Yes, I, I've done um, that with Muse before. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, don't. So people are listening. Don't expect me to do a. You make me feel like it's Halloween cover any time soon because I want to do it right, and I don't want to do what I sometimes do and just improvise over a solo because I think I just want to do my own thing because people eyes will be on that section mm-hmm. to go. You need to nail this. Or a lot of some people in the comments of my videos going, uh, there's no guitar in this. Or like, <laughs> or you're playing it wrong. And I'm like, yeah, artistic license. Yeah, fuck <laughs> you. Like. I don't think I'm going to get artistic license with this song. And I think, I, th- I don't know if you would think the same. I imagine that you would, but I'm not going to try and speak for you. What, I mean, what do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I want to do it. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm trying to think about, because I've got a couple of um, Will of the People covers in the pipeline already. I've just not filmed them or 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 one of them i filmed but and then there's another one i've not edited or whatever and um and so i'm wondering whether i do just like a big drop in a week's time or something of all of them um but no i am quite excited to do it and i'm not I, i think i'll be able to get the the fast bits pretty easily because i've done 
especially recently, I've been trying to do a bit more actual guitar practice and like getting a bit better. And it was it was definitely um, it was definitely a nice shock to hear to be like ah oh, because I've always known he's I've always been curious as to what his level is what where his limit of playing is yeah his I actual think, level I think he's way closer to Steve Vai than he gives the impression of if you see yeah, what I mean because, yeah but the the stuff that he's done before speed has never really been a big amount of Matt Bellamy signature it's it's been more compositional yeah how is he texture like how stuff. is he incorporating multiple kind of different scales within like one song or techniques and so on that's been his strength but i think with this he can really um get out there and mm. and and do a, a van halen steve Vai approach and i i love it and it's it's gonna it's a good driver and i think it's it's a good thing for me as a guitarist to kind of get out of my comfort zone of like thinking a bit too much about what sort of effects am I putting on on mm. this? Or like, how can I do those sorts of like weird harmonies or whatever, but then just focusing on just pure speed yeah, is yeah. good up to a certain point. I think, because there's any, it's any this and euphoria that have playing like that in them. Mm. I think that's the limit I would have gone to if there was any, if there was one more song with fast playing on it, I'd have been a bit, ooh. Yeah, it's, um, it would be, it would be an interesting step but maybe this mm. is maybe this is something to talk about at the end. But I, I, this is either a beginning or an end for Muse. I think in terms of their musical output. Well, yeah, yeah. You previously had said whether it's either one here. I think you. I think it's something that you just you and I just spoke about. You know, one on one. Mm. That you said they've got one more in them. One more black holes and revelations. Yeah. I hope maybe th- this is it. I, I almost this hope is this it. isn't it, but it might be. I think, but it's it's an absolute fucking bell to this it album. Is, I think, it really I is. I think maybe this is it. Maybe maybe from now on we're going to see a lot more Solo simulation theories and, and second laws and heaven forfend <laughs> solo stuff. Well, uh, the, oh, oh, the only other thing I was going to say about speedy solos is it's funny that the only other album that I can think of that's got two speedy solo bits on is um, Resistance. Um, Guiding light and, and what was the other one? I've literally had it in my head. Uh, oh, ah, Exogenesis Part Two. That, but also Unnatural Selection, the extended edition that's got that whole Brian May ish thing. Yeah, yeah. So he's always had that in him, and it's just interesting yeah. now that he's like, okay, I'm going to put it on a record now. Yeah, just took him twenty something years to yeah. get the balls to do it. <laughs> Oh, yeah. 23 years for him to finally be like, okay, all the other guitar soloists have gone. He had, he had previously said that he thinks guitar solos are really uncool. Yeah. But now Interesting he's coming ex- from a guy who's, you know, quite well known for doing doing guitar and doing riffs and doing solos. It's yeah. like, you can't be that uncool if you keep going to Literally. <laughs> but then he goes oh. that he knows the band isn't that actually that cool. Uh, yeah, he's anyway, very aware well, of that. Yeah, he's very aware of that. Let's move on to Kill or Be Killed. Well, we have done an entire bum, podcast bum, bum. On, on, on this one, yeah. haven't we? Um, yeah. I, I still think that song kicks, but yeah. maybe it's lost a bit. May, may, maybe to a lesser extent compared to Winston and Daniel, maybe it's lost a bit of the power because of the, the rest of the album contextually. Mm. I think it still hits hard. The transition from Halloween into Kill or Be Killed works brilliantly well. I've, I've got nothing really extra to put with it. No, um, I agree. I think... Um... Yeah, it does, it's lost. It's it's lost five percent, maybe, of its luster, but it's still mm. huge. And the, the reason why I think it still remains so huge is because it's got that like breakdown section. So it's actually got something yes. quite fresh in there, as opposed to Won't yep. Stand Down, where it is just verse, chorus, riff, 
or verse riff chorus, verse riff chorus, riff chorus kind of thing. Mm. Um, yep. Yeah, I'm happy with Kill or Be Killed. Looking forward to seeing it again live. Yeah, me too, me too. I will be at the Huddersfield gig. Oh, I haven't actually got any tickets for that yet. I need to figure out what's going yeah, you on. Yeah, you need to get on it. Um, yeah, let me know which one you're going to go to. Mm, that would be yeah, very I cool. I think for you it might either be Milton Keynes or Plymouth. Yeah, I'll have to figure it out because it's going to be a nightmare to get to the, either of those locations. Mm. Well, from London to Milton Keynes, there's, there's our train that will do it. Yeah, it would just be how tricky it would be to get back afterwards. Unless I just okay. fucking stayed overnight or something ridiculous. But yeah. You could come to the Huddersfield gig. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Why not? I'll have a little look. I'll, I'll look it up because I don't know. I've not actually seen how quick. I'm sure those tickets have probably sold out, but they might not have done. So I'll have a look. Um, it's, it's worth a look. I mean, uh, it's going to be me and my very good friend, Billy, mm. going together. But then um, a, a mate of mine from work is going to go. And then there's a few people that I, that I speak to on Insta in the Muse fan community that are going to be there as well. So we might do a bit of a meetup. So it that might be, be hilarious. It might be nice. Yeah. That'd be if, cool. if, um, if you um, do come along, it just something to think about. Yeah. As yeah. If we're talking about our plans on that, this for, for, on the podcast, we'll figure you out. Well, cause you yeah, know, we'll I do don't a, we'll live do a, in a whole Muse's meetup at the Huddersfield game. <laughs> I'd, I honestly, I'd love that so much. That would be uh, in ter- uh, actually, this might be a good point in terms of like Muse's meetups that probably won't happen for a long time. I'd like to give a little shout out to Patty. Um, our mutual Muse friend who lives out in Mexico, um, just supports yours and my content. Um, Patty, just uh, this is just a little appreciation shout out for you because you're wonderful. Yeah, boy. Don't stop doing what you're doing and loving the cosplay. Yeah, mum. Anyway, the bank ones. Let's Bring the poison on. ivy one. <laughs> let's move on to Verona. Ah. So, Matt, talk to me about Verona. What are your thoughts? Um, Give me them. Now, I don't think I actually made any notes on this because by the time I was getting to this song last night on my notes, listening, listen through, I ended up getting around to my mate's house and we ended up hanging out and drinking and smoking. So, uh, didn't get around to making any notes, but, um, <coughs> so Verona, I'm, appalled, I'm shocked and appalled. <laughs> um, I really like this song. I think it's, there's a vibe it gives me. It actually, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this guy on one of our podcasts before, but if I've never mentioned him to you before, you should check him out. A guy called Steven Wilson and an album called hand cannot erase. There's a track okay. called perfect life. Um, where it's, I mean, the whole album of that is brilliant. It's about um, a woman in London who one day dies in her flat and no one realizes she's missing for three years until they finally find her. And it's like, but, and everyone assumes that she was like an 80 or 90 year old woman. No, she was in her twenties and all of her friends just didn't contact her. Like everyone just didn't message her or talk to her. And it's all about how that can happen. Um, and there's a track called Perfect Life, which is, very got very similar vibes to Verona. I like Verona musically. Um, <clears throat> I quite like that it's kind of U two y almost in the the clean delay guitar part that comes in and the bigness. Mm. A little bit Coldplay when the drums and everything comes in. Not too sure I like that just yet. It's okay lyrically though. I think this is brilliant because I think it's speaking about stuff that. Um, Okay, so here's my perspective. I think this is blatantly just about his perspective on lockdowns and how they were fucking stupid and they probably caused way more damage than they ever did for anything good because it's all about can we kiss with contagion on our lips? Oh, I wonder what that's about. Hmm, maybe it's about social distancing and lockdowns and pandemics. Hmm. Um, so, and I like the fact that his perspective is 
it seems to be that lockdowns were fucking stupid and I would rather be in the arms of someone I love and die than be alive and surviving but not being able to touch anyone or see anyone ever again. That's my perspective on Verona. <laughs> I'm quite emotional about this subject, so, yeah. Yes, I know, I know you are. I mean, I'm a bit softer on the views of lockdown for me. I mean, the first the first lockdown made sense to me. We went... God, they're going to start talking about the lockdown. We're going to have to with this album, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, um... In my view of it, speaking as someone from Britain, we went into lockdown too late, I think. Going in earlier would have dropped that curve massively. Um, the people at risk were the older generation. You and I would have been just fine, more or less. Yes, there are people, immuno, immunocompromised people. There was someone that I know particularly um, who, what, you know, who had genuine concerns mm. over, uh, uh, over lockdown and they would have you know, protected themselves, stayed mm. in. You know, where the NHS could have stepped in to say, right, this person is vulnerable. They need support, you know, whether that is through furlough or whatever. Yeah, that would have made way more sense for it to be a targeted thing as opposed to everyone must now stop working and lose their money and their jobs and their businesses and their health. Yeah. Um, And I I would have been just fine to have kind of carried on normal, uh, uh, carried on as normal, more or less. In, In for full transparency, I had a wonderful apocalypse. I had a job, have still have that job. Uh, didn't have to like worry about anything. I had to worry about my mental health a bit because I, at the time, I was like living in a flat in Leeds on my own. Um, but it, it, but you, you saw from other people where you know they, if they're self-employed, their business is at threat. If it is like a, if it's a physical premise type place, if it's a shop, mm. where, yes, there are furlough schemes out there. But it was only for people who had had two years of tax returns to justify how much money they would be getting from furlough. Yeah, and that's the yeah, thing. And, I think um, I. I definitely didn't have the worst experience of COVID and lockdown, but I did lose. I I lost my job. I lost my any source of income because my job, which was I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be quiet about them. They're Sainsburys. They're a bunch of fucking cunts. Um, <laughs> they uh, decided to not pay us furlough, even though uh, the company itself, because we worked for Sainsburys Bank, not Sainsburys. Sainsburys Bank couldn't function, so therefore they should pay us furlough. But then they decided, oh no, you're employees of Sainsburys, so you can go and be a bitch and work on shop floor. Fuck you. Um, uh, I lost a lot of friends due to um, just differences in opinion. Um, I basically had a full-on breakdown um, because of lockdown. Yeah. So that's yeah, that's mean, probably I, why I'm so... I really like Verona, it, because I'm like, yeah, it was fucking nuts to do that to people. Yeah. I, I, re- I know that you had a bit of a... I've had a hard time with, with lockdown. You know, we, you know, we've been friends for so long, and we've spoken about it, and, and we were talking through it. I know you're having a tough time. I mean, mm. One of the things that, I, that got me through lockdown, partly for the boredom aspect and so on, was when we got to do the Guanur EP. Yeah, that was. Like fun. We got to collaborate. We had loads more time to just do stuff like that, and I really valued um, the co- your contribution for that. Mm, thanks, um, man. That we definitely to need do. to do more in future. We definitely. Mm. I've got shit tons of songs, and we need to do more of that. But um, yeah, really, re- I really like that. I do try and see what opportunities lockdown gave us, and I think music was something that gave you and I, you know. Sorry, no. Lockdown gave us music to focus on and get us through it. You know, not no one had a perfect time. You know, it was a bit miserable for me because of the isolation aspect. Mm -hmm. I know you had a even tougher time. I'm not trying to brag, no, 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 or anything at all. I'm trying to say I was one of the very lucky ones who had not massive things to go through it. But I do agree in that. Oh 
oh, this has really gone off topic. <laughs> I do agree I, that. I hope this all stays were. in though, because I think this is relevant. I really do think yeah. this is relevant for Verona. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I think I do think the lockdown uh, measures were a bit too much in the UK. We had three separate lockdowns, but by the third one, like no one gave a shit. Mm. Like you'd you'd go into shops and people say, "Can you put on a mask, please?" And you'd basically, essentially, more or less, just see customers going to staff to, with two fingers up, of like, "No." Good on them. And it, People yeah, power. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not, not literally swearing at a staff, but it's just more like, uh, like figuratively. Yeah. Of like, I don't want to. That was, like, that yeah. was my whole stance with masks. I was basically like, if someone asked me to, it's not that I will ever be like, no, fuck you. But like, <laughs> if someone, the, the whole way, to, the, the, the way you, we won, the way we won the whole thing and the reason why we're not still stuck indoors and not still having to wear masks is because people were disobedient and it's it's simple i don't have a mask in here because i think i burnt all of mine um but um the whole thing is if someone asks you to put on a mask okay you wrap it around your ear and if they ask you again you put it so that it's under your chin and if they ask you again you put it so it's just on your mouth and under your nose and then if they ask you again maybe you put it over your nose but it's the whole point if you make people keep asking because eventually they'll go it's not fucking worth it but anyway, that's yeah, my perspective but, uh, on masks. I, mean, <laughs> I, I I stuck with the mask like thing if, as like out of like mutual respect, and it's not going to do me any harm. I actually went to the cinema on my own to watch the Simulation Theory movie. Ah, oh, I still haven't actually watched all of that. And I kept my mask on for the entire thing, and I wanted to die by the end of it because my face was so warm. <laughs> um, for full transparency, there was not that many people in the cinema. At that time. <laughs> so yeah, I did the whole mask thing, but then when it was entirely optional, I never wore it again. Yeah. Um, I, I I disagree with your observation in terms of why we stopped wearing masks. The only reason we, but that all fell apart is because of Boris Johnson. Well, in I an attempt think... to win favour with the electorate, he mm. got rid of every single COVID restriction. I think that's possibly true, but I think the fact that the World Health Organization as well started to go, eh, we're not actually sure if masks work, you know, um, and then several yeah, other yeah, ones. Yeah, there totally is that, but it was definitely, for my view, it was definitely led by Boris Johnson trying for, for us, to win favour with the electorate. Yeah, yeah, for in, us, Specifically definitely. in the UK. And I want, but I do UK. wonder if it was just, if that came... Well, he wouldn't have done that if there wasn't a people pressure that they wanted to get rid of that. Um, yeah, it came. It came from the hard Tory right wingers going, "We want. We don't want this." That's where it came from. But I didn't want and it. It came from old, little old people in 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 the green belt saying, "Oh, Boris, we don't like this anymore." Meh, meh, meh. Yeah, yeah, but but I didn't want it, and I didn't. I don't want to vote for Boris Johnson. So it's like it's it, yeah, and 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 he did it to win favor with as many no, people I know. as he can because. I get ah, it's my problem. I know I totally get what you're saying, and I my problem is I always forget that like people are fucking stupid, mm. and I I am actually aware of when politicians are being dickheads and like going oh I'll give you this if you vote for me kind of thing. Whereas other people don't seem to get that like. But you're, this is on what an, you're talking on, about, yeah, yeah. On another note, I can't wait for Liz Truss to be our next prime minister. Oh yeah, because she is going she is going to be shit. Yeah, love it. Probably better than Rishi Sunak, though, because I'm pretty sure he's a World Economic Forum leader. But anyway. Um, I don't know about that. I just think but they're both awful, awful, awful people. Oh, yeah. They're I just worst. think with the blatant unethicalness of Rishi. He's crazy. He's, oh, no, he's, he's, he's just got nothing. But, um, so, oh, God, God, lockdown, 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 Verona. <laughs> 
<laughs> trying to bring it back. It's now. so hard because it's about such an intense topic. <laughs> it is. It, yeah, it is the lockdown song, isn't it? I couldn't agree more with your observations. I I really like the 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 structure of the song. Uh, I like the fact that you can tell this is this is that that little guitar bit is on a Telecaster. I think that might be the Jeff Buckley. Oh, I think that tele- probably is. But based on what Matt has said on Twitter about like where he got used, it it isn't because he thinks he's used it on the Will of the People lead bit in the verses for the high bits. Mm. Interesting, interesting use to, for yeah. you to use that guitar. Why, it has a very specific sound. Why does he uh, do that? Why does it, it's something Matt Bellamy often does. He'll get something like the Jeff Buckley Telecaster, and then when there's a song like Verona where it would make perfect sense to use it, he doesn't use it. But instead, he'll use it for like a fucking strike behind the nut in one bit of a solo. It's like, what is wrong with you? Sorry, something he does a lot is that kind of thing. Yeah, this is also coming from a guy who used a thirty grand synth in the last. Very last exactly bit of uprising. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> mm. Oh. But then we've seen we've we've seen that he has he's had custom Mans- custom guitars from Manson built that he's never used live. Yeah. Like if you watch the second law making of seven this, string DeLorean. This yeah the seven string DeLorean exactly. And it's like, well, that never saw the light of day. Um, I think it got auctioned and, off pretty quick, actually, or it was for some charity no, no, or something. No, 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 that was that was a normal six-string DeLorean. Oh, that, yeah, he's got that in his own like collection. Motherfucker, it's like, what, why is he spending all this money on? I mean, well, if you've got it, use it. You may as well. Mm. This is also a guy who spent like you know millions investing in AI drone technology as well. Yeah, weird guy, very weird mm. guy <laughs> when it comes to his investment. Well, at least yeah. he owns Manson guitars now. That's kind of cool. Like, mm, yeah. Uh, 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 let's let's maybe. let's do a summary on on Verona. Good bits for Love me. It. Uh, Love it. Lyrics great. Song wise, brilliant. Bad bits. It's it's very different for for Muse, but I don't hate that. I don't dislike yes. it. It's just different. It's a, yeah, it is a big departure from what they've usually done. Um, but I couldn't applaud it more. Yeah, for doing that, taking the balls to go out there and to kind of keep it together when they've done stuff that's different before it's kind of failed. I belong to you. Yes, uh, this actually is interesting, and, and this actually kind of has something genuinely interesting to offer. I'm really looking forward to putting my cover together for this because I think I've pretty much got it in my mind. I just want to be a bit creative with the sounds I've got. I'm definitely I... going to be using. I'm definitely going to be using my Boss SY1 synth pedal for oh, some yeah, of this. Oh yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, n- another shout out coming. Is it Mark? Uh, Burton on Insta who Oh uh, is that NBC uh, guy? NBC runner? No, no, that's the French guy. This guy is the is this uh, British guy who lives he, down. He is a runner though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The runner guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah the Burton guy. Um yeah, because oh, they're twins, one of them put on his uh, Insta that he's gonna use the SY one for the synth bit of um nice. and I thought mm, we've had the same thought. <laughs> um, no, um, anyone who likes anyone who likes Manson guitars, uh you should follow him because he built his own. <laughs> and they're really, really good. Like they I've never played one, obviously, because he doesn't sell them. But just the hashtag looks not for sale. Yeah, in it, I'm always like, how much would it take to make that hashtag disappear? Just for just for me, like, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine uh, it would be like millions because he just doesn't want to sell them, which is fair enough. Like, I th- I, yeah, I think well, Manson know who he is, and he once did swap a the neck around one of the uh, NBC ones mm. with um, with the Manson neck. And then he quickly changed it the following week. I think Manson got in touch with him to say, Mark, can you undo that, please? 
Interesting. Or charge as well. Follow. Yeah, fuck. I think <laughs> I suspect that's what it might have been. I've got zero evidence to back that up. But yeah, I think more power just, to that guy just because he's I, fucking I, cool. I like, yeah. he, he's fucking cool. That guy don't give two fucks, and you know, mm. he's, he's part of the Muse fandom, and we need to stick together. Yeah, exactly. Don't kick people out of Muse groups for having a difference of opinion, like they did having to me in Muses. Fuck you all. No, I'm joking. I love you all. It was just like one or two people. It was just a bit crazy. Um, anyway, I'm not Verona, get involved in that discussion. No, no, because yeah. you're still in Muses and it's probably quite good that you stay in that group. Um, <laughs> hi, Muses, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> can you tell I've been a bit off the rails recently? Um, Verona, I was going to say as well, because Patty's asked me to do a cover of that and I'm like, fuck, that's a hard song to she sing. She hasn't asked me to do anything. Clearly, all the favourite. <laughs> But um, I don't know how long. It, I don't know what your what your schedule plan is for which cover you're going to do first. But if we've got time, I'll try and do a vocal cover of Verona, so you can put that over your guitar cover if you want. <gasps> Genius. Oh, maybe we should just collab. Maybe we should just do a, a full band cover of Verona. Let me give it. a... will have to try it a couple of times because I don't want to commit to it and then be like, yeah, but can we drop it a tone, please? Because it's a little bit high. Like. <laughs> I'm fine with that. No, I know you are, but I would rather do it properly um, uh, yes. before I commit well, I mean, to it. Quite, okay, how about this? How about this? We do the normal version where we... God, this is really cutting into the podcast. How about we do the normal version <laughs> where we play it against the actual song itself, and mm-hmm. then we do, like what uh, Lau does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Cheeky insight, uh, Lau and I doing a full band original cover of Map of the, Map of the Problematic, and it is literal fire. Fuck yeah. That's very cool. I've not. I don't think I've told you about this because I want you to be surprised. But I'll wait for you to see what it's like on release day because it's oh, yeah. incredible. I'm well excited to hear what that sounds like. Because so many people are getting shout outs in this podcast. Yeah, it's good news. This is what we. This is what it's all about. We need to tag Everyone, them all. We, what have we, what have we, we got? We post this. We need to we've tag got, them all. We've got Pay. We've got my very good friend Billy. We've got the Burton twins at this point. Uh, Lau. Um, um, Lau. Um, uh, I'm just gonna. I'm going to, uh, Alex Spy on Insta, he's going to go to the um, Huddersfield gig. Um, so yeah, there you are. And just because she's one of my favourite people on the planet, uh, Sarah Bassel, just because oh, she's yeah. wonderful. Oh. Uh, I'm just, I'm just going to say, uh, not, she's got nothing to do with Muse, I'm just saying for shouting people out, I'm just going to plug Sarah because I think she's a wonderful human being and a great musician. I'm trying to think of someone really obscure that I could shout out who would like, we could tag and they'd be like, why has this guy even mentioned me? Miles Bonsignore. Um, shout out to Miles Bonsignore. We're going to tag, we're going to have to tag him now that I've done this. I'm going to have to climb. Uh, uh, who, who is that guy? He's a podcaster from like LA or something, but he's kind right. of like not so huge that he wouldn't see this. He's probably big enough to see this and just be like, what the fuck? But that would be enough uh, for me. Like, okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. Sh- shout out to Claire or E. Claire Wilson. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, for doing, you know, nice um, kind of. I wouldn't say lo-fi, but kind of like small kind of little piano covers of Muse songs as well. Keep talking, because there, is, there is a dude I should shout out, because he did send me a link to um, the leaked album before it came out. Um, ah, one of them. <laughs> no Limit Juan 04. Um, <laughs> why are you laughing? That's his name. <laughs> no, 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 it's how you said it. Oh, the Juan. You've got to get used to this. Is that cultural appropriation? Or that's just... What is cultural that's appropriation? Sh- anyway. <laughs> This is so crazy. We've gone uh, so off topic. I know. Uh, no limit, Juan. O four. Um, he no, sent me. Right, we're gonna have to, right. You're gonna have to give me the list of all these people. Um, also, final shout out to Carla Sophia. Cool. I think we're doing a great. Outs, no. You've done all the shout outs. Um, yeah, 
just for all the wonderful people in the Muse community that we like. Or oh, as um, the last, very last one, the uh, I've no, I don't the vegan witch XX. That rings a bell. I don't know if I've, I can't recall her stuff at the top of my head, but yeah, shout them out. Shout them out. Right, right. We're done. Right. Give us euphoria. Euphoria. Oh God, euphoria. I'd love to be euphoria, man. <laughs> <laughs> right. Love Euphoria. It's that pop song. Um, I think this is like a, a vast improvement on particularly, partly for the um, the chorus structure, um, a massive improvement on Get Up and Fight. Yeah, definitely. I think <laughs> I feel the chords are pretty much Get Up and Fight chords, or the, the, at least the movements. There might be a different scale, but in terms of like you know yeah. where the chords are and so on. Love it. Um, it's just it, Matt found a tremolo arm on a guitar and just did not let go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> the only the uh, the only thing that I've got to say about it, it's not really a bad thing. It's an observation. It starts to do it as in the guitar solo follows a bit of the vocal line and then goes off straight away. So it only follows it for like two notes. Would it have been better for the guitar solo to kind of follow the vocal line exactly? Because um, I I like them. I like when that does when that happens. There's some synergy uh, in there when that when that does happen. Um, but then for it to then do that fast bit would have still worked. What do you think? I quite like the solo as it is. The fact that I don't, off the top of my head, I don't have anything that pings out about the solo probably means that it works really well for the song. So I think I'd probably leave it as is. Um, I think, mm, I don't know, because now you've said it, I'm starting to imagine what it would sound like if it tried to follow the vocal melody a bit more. I feel like to give you a proper answer, I'd have to listen to it again and, and that's, imagine that's totally it fair. kind that, of thing. That's totally fair. It's the only, it's the only thought I really had when, mm. when I came to this song because I really love Euphoria. The last three songs in the album, Verona, Euphoria and uh, Fucking Fucked, are like, for me, like the big highlight of the album. And I think to have that at the end is, like, is probably the strong move, you know, go out with a bang. Yeah. Um, it's the three of them are so very, very different from one another and they complement each other because of that. I I've got nothing, nothing bad to say about euphoria. It it just moves so well. It's got the, it's got the pacing. It's got the power. It's got the, it's got the, the, the positivity behind the optimism, which is 180 degrees separated from Verona. Mm. Got these two competing kind of like narratives and they work so well to play off of one another. I could not like it more. It's pop- possibly one of my favorites from the album, but that is a separate section. Hmm. So yeah, I really, I like Euphoria. I, for a second, I was kind of like, oh, this is the pop throwaway one, but it's not because it's actually like, there's some interesting stuff going on. Um, I think there's two things that I really like about it. It sounds really Japanese. Um, I don't know if they're using a Japanese chord progression. There was a video that came out on YouTube recently that I watched. Um, oh that spoke about the chord progression in Never Gonna Give You Up and how it's the same chord progression that is used everywhere in Japanese music, whether it's anime or Japanese city pop or whatever. Um, there's something very Japanese sounding about this song. Um, so, uh, so my question about that would be either, did, 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 well, Never Give You Never Gonna Give You that Rick Astley, right? Mm. So did he culturally appropriate Japanese music or, 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 or has Japan formed its entire culture around Rick Astley? Uh, <laughs> it's chicken and eggs. It's a good time. question, isn't it? It's just, well, what? Because it was the 80s, right? Yeah, you'd have to look at what, when would Japan fully... Well, Japan went off the rails ever since Hiroshima, so they, <laughs> they've never been the same since. Um, 
I don't know how to respond to that. Because like, I think I know what you're trying to say, but I think that was it, also a bit problematic. It could, it, yeah, it could come off as really cringe. All I meant was like culturally, they've been very different since then, um, and that's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing. Like, <laughs> I guess that would happen. Um, but they became a lot more dependent on the West because yeah, of they their really... unique position next to the Soviet Union. So they were heavily influenced. Mm by the US, but then again, the US stayed occupying Japan for a long while while they were trying to literally rebuild the country. Yeah, so there's, there's, and there's weird stuff. They really, yeah, then they really came out into their own in like the 70s. I guess it's like, the, it's like Japan's taken the capitalist side of America and then pushed it into their kind of weirder culture. I say weird, it's not weird, it's just their culture that's weird from their us. Their culture, yeah. But, I'm um, definitely not going to say Japan is weird culture because I think, I think there's a lot I think, of rich heritage in that. I think you could say Japan's a bit weird. Like, I think that's okay to say. <laughs> like, they're a bit weird. They've got, like, bunny cafes and... Um, but everyone's a bit weird. But Japan kind of embraces it a bit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they've got weird cafes and... Um, what's the one? You say that, but we have an in, we have an entire industry in the UK of cat cafes. Do we? You've never been to a cat cafe? That's got to have come from Japan, though. Maybe, but like, it's just you, you just go somewhere and sit and sit around cats, and you have to let the cat do what it wants. I'm sure that's from. I've I've only ever heard of that existing in Japan, and also like Japan just loves it. Like, <laughs> I'd love to go to Japan. Well, yeah, they fully <laughs> embrace it, and it really works for them. I think it's it, yeah. I, I, I think it adds to the culture and the kind of like the whole vibe of the country. I think yeah. it's brilliant. More power to it. It's them. got this wacky vibe that I love. Like it's it, <laughs> it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. It's like the neon eighties, but they've still managed to keep pushing forward. They're not stuck in the eighties. It's just that it's like an alternative dimension from where we went in the eighties and onwards to where you mm. could go. Maybe that's where Matt Bellamy should go and live now. Because if they've kind of kept the eighties thing and made it work. He would love it if he lived <laughs> out there. I think I think that would be the best thing for him. Get away from fucking LA and all the fucking nutters who live out there um on that ozzy osbourne is leaving la good he's moving back He'll to probably England, live a lot longer <laughs> well yeah um he's cited you know i'm sick to death of all the mass shootings i'm out yeah see you later man like mental no so i think L- la is effed yeah you know la I mean? screwed man um it's so, it's so bad um any on you uh, last bits on euphoria I've, I've i've done all my bits i've Friggin' love it. I, I've not got a bad thing to say about it. Everything about this is absolutely fantastic. Vocals, tip-top. Guitar, so much fun. Solid drums and bass approach from, from Dom and Chris, as always, as we see. Crazy guitar solo. This is like the non-quintessential quintessential muse song. Yeah. It's not normally their thing, but they've, they've owned it so well. It's as though Simulation Theory... They had it as a sort of test bed, but they unfortunately released it. Like, like what I said, is that Get Up and Fight is like the, is the predecessor to euphoria where everything has been improved and everything has been perfected mm. i know that you like get up and fight oh yeah i like get up and fight but there's no way i would defend it and say that it's anywhere near as good as euphoria like yeah euphoria but they i feel like they've done that a lot where they've had like proto songs the groove is a proto song of supermassive black hole um I can't. I don't know if I can think of any more off the top of my head. Futurism is a proto song for hysteria in terms yes. of like the bass line. Yeah, but um, they've and definitely then like, had and then that. The, the shift from verse to chorus. Soaked was um, a proto song for United States of Eurasia. Um, yeah. So that's definitely a mm. thing they've done, and maybe now yeah. we're just seeing it as both two actual album tracks as opposed to a weird B side and then an album track kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Euphoria is good, man. Gives me euphoria. Yeah. But what about we are fucking fucked? Ah. Oh. That's my second favourite track off the album, I think. Because mm-hmm. Halloween's my main one, but we are fucking fucked. Like, that's kind of like what I've been wanting Muse to do for a while in terms of progressive music. 
Right. Okay. Um, Talk me through it. Because, um, well, for starters, the main phrase, like the that is really weird to go from like an arpeggio thing to like a in like one part of a phrase. So that's quite nice. Um, gives me vibes of Aerials by System of a Down. System of a Down. Yeah. Mm. Um, which is nice. I think the whole like oh, because of the oh because of the guitar that goes do 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 oh, yeah 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 I see I see um, and just as what that paired with the whole that whole sound um, gives me that vibe quite a lot um, that section where we go I'm gonna call it the hocus focus focus section. Um, because it reminds me so much of <laughs> um, but we, in that bit of that song we got the banana now banana now bam 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 it's so it's, it's so reminiscent of the like thing what's going on at the end I fucking love that I was like at first mm. I thought are we going to like because uh, it's a it's a real rhythmic feel change when that bit comes in. And so I still haven't actually listened to it and been able to be conscious of like, it's still that tempo. Um, no, it's, it's, it's a different tempo. No, it's still the same. No, it's not. It's, it's, it goes from, what is it? One, four, eight to one, six, six. No, no. Well, I, mate, I, <laughs> mate, trust me. Cause I spent all yesterday tracking it and there is a tempo change while one, six, six fits at that point. I'm going to have to just quickly. Yeah. Well, it was only because like I, when I was doing my cover yesterday, I got it to like, what was it? One, four, eight of the, of, of the BPM. And then at that point, it immediately went out and I was like, oh, right. There has to be a tempo change. Yeah. I don't think it can't be a a time signature change because it still feels 4-4. Four, four. Mm. And then it was like, right, one six six, and it, and it did work. It took a, a minute or two to kind of like, to zero in on it, but it, it, it definitely works. Just thinking. I've got no bad things to say about We're Fucking Fucked. I think it's absolutely brilliant. It is probably my favourite song from the album just because the lyrical content is, it's, it's, it, it's not pulling any punches. It's just having a laugh. It's, it's, this is kind of one of the songs on there that's very much like this is the best of bit. You can't help but get Knights of Sedonia vibes. Oh yeah, because of this, and I'm just, and it's like I think it's a bit of a kind of tongue tongue in cheek sort of thing because it's the last song on the album. So is Knights shifting up to that sort of like uh, that's that type of riff a little bit. It's only leaning in a little bit, mm, but then the mm. tempo change to give it more energy. Oh, it's just so much fun, and the fact that the last bit is just Matt just singing into a microphone going fuck off. Yeah, that I love that. That's going to be so much fun to see live. Everyone being mm. like, "Fuck off, stop!" <laughs> like that'll be sick. Um, and then, yeah, to go back to the Twitter thing from yesterday, someone actually questioned Matt. What is it? What do you mean stockpile? And Matt responded with an image of a trolley full of toilet roll. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, um, that's what literally what he meant. And it is just lockdown. It, it like Verona. It was just mm. about lockdown. It's a bit dumb. And this one is just like. Hold on to your toilet roll and money, kids. <laughs> so I've got... It's not a negative thing about the song because it's, it's purely my, like, I wish kind of thing. Um, I wish it was six minutes long as opposed to three um, because I feel like it would be so cool if there was... So you know how in... Are you very familiar with the song Layla by Eric Clapton? No. Okay. Not a Clapton fan. Not to say I don't like him. I just never. But you know, you know that it's got that. But uh, how does that fucking song go? Um, I can't even remember how the riff in Layla goes. But anyway, it's quite riff based, and the chorus is like Layla. Oh, 
yes, 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 yes. So that song sounds like that, and it's all quite. What do you do? But then there's this weird middle section where it goes all like ambient and ethereal and beautiful and like has this moment of like and you're like oh this is like so and then it goes back and i was like after listening to we are fucking fucked a couple of times because they're evidently leaning into the 70s prog sound for this one i just wish they'd maybe done after the we are getting fucking fucked have a section where it kind of goes right back down builds up and then builds back up again to a chorus or the we are getting fucking fucked fuck off bit but that's just pure my wish if you take that out of it i still think this is a fucking brilliant song it's probably yeah. one of the best songs they've written in a long long time it feels yeah, it, it feels do you know what it feels like i've often said i would love to hear them re-record origin of symmetry now with the music with the amps and the gear that mm. they've got now this song sounds like how I imagine it would come out. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think to say to your bit on, like, you know, t- add on those extra bits on, um, we are fucking fucked. I, 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 having, you, having you said that now, I kind of agree. But I wish that uh, I'd like it to have been a kind of uh, an assassin, grand mega boss edit like situation where you've got the version we have now, then the edited version where it's like, you know, twice as long. Mm. Um, one to kind of like go between the two because I kind of like the kind of short punchy aspect of the version that we have. But I think to have a version that kind of goes down and changes up and then goes out again is is worth having. Maybe it's like a like a B-side sort of type thing. Do you know, yeah, it's almost... Oh, here's my one thing I wish Muse had done for this album, which would make perfect sense for them to do. Matt Bellamy, you listening? Yeah, because they wanted to do like the best of Muse for this album, right? <clears throat> yeah. They should have ended "We Are Fucking Fucked" with like a riff out, like they do live. So similarly yeah. to how Halloween ends with the whole, which is fucking mm. awesome. Mm. Um, mm. They should have ended "We Are Fucking Fucked" with like a similar thing of like "We Are Getting Fucking," and then cut to a I don't know some sort of riff and just do a a recorded version. Obviously you couldn't do the riffs they do live because they're often covers or whatever, but do creates, cause we still had that, that riff that they started playing, um, that yeah, we weren't and, sure. And, and ev- everyone thought it was like a riff from, yeah. from one of these songs. They should have put that at the riff. end of we are fucking fucked to be like, and here's the recorded version of what we've done for the last 20 years. That's made us us. That's my only thing that I yeah. wish they'd done. Other than that, the album's a 10, I think. Yeah. Um. Uh, having said that, we are fucking fucked. Is in standard tuning. Uh, someone is on it. YouTube, that's mad because yes. I thought it was well, drop C. That, well, that well, that's how I'm playing it. Um. It's in A minor, and the um the opening bit, you know, the do 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 do. It only works in standard, or the kind of the arrangement of like how standard works, like the relationship between the strings. Mm. Uh, someone on YouTube on my cover thinks. Or said that it's in drop D, and it's like it's it literally doesn't work in drop D yeah, because of you do, it, that one bit of that, of that you know the it's F to E. Okay, yeah, and it's like yeah, you could do that bit in drop D for the long guitar side. There, it's 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 a tuning for a guitar. I can't. Sometimes I'm like I can see where you're coming from with this, but unfortunately, and I mean this is no disrespect to that person putting in the comments because you know they thought about it, they clearly clearly like the song, they engage with 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 my content on this. I am not sharing throwing any negativity at them. I can't even see where they're coming from with this. Sometimes I say to people, I can see where you're coming from with this. Yeah, yeah. 
but but this time I can't even see what they're thinking. I think they just want it to be heavy. Yeah. So as well. when I said when I, saying to you with that in the live thing that where they put out that erroneous riff, I'm sure that was in drop D or C, and, it, oh, and yeah. they just couldn't they couldn't get to it unless they ma- manually changed down tuning. Oh. Oh, just imagine. Oh, I just had the best idea in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Your face then. <laughs> what, they what, absolutely what, what, what? could have done it, but it wouldn't. They'd have had to have changed a few things. It maybe would have worked at the end of Kill or Be Killed, the how the end of the song goes. Just do that. Oh, my thing thought I was playing music then because of my voice. That's hilarious. Um, <laughs> so uh, if you get if you get that to go, if you've got it to pitch down. It was basically a Thought Contagion style riff, but slightly different. Um, uh, but you could have done it. Oh, that would have been. I would have cummed my fucking pants if they. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, Halloween does that for me, so I'm fine with that. It's all good. Uh, right. Okay. That love that. Um, <laughs> having having said all that. Uh, we've gone on for like at that time of recording an hour and a half. Uh, we're not even done yet. We're going to need to do a proper album discussion. So we're going to dive into that right now. So we're going to talk about like just breaking down the album as a whole. Now uh, we've gone from the tracks individually. Some ty- some <laughs> just to as a quick recap of the of the track analysis. Some of them we've flown right through. Um, <laughs> some, some of th- some of them we spent twenty minutes talking about lockdowns. I'm sorry, Verona. <laughs> Yeah, if you want a harmonic analysis of Verona, maybe go to a different analysis. Like this is not the reaction for that. <laughs> yeah, uh, although really, to be honest, I can't. Oh, I don't. I feel like I don't really have much to say in terms of to bring to a discussion about Verona because I think it's actually perfect. Yeah, but, 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 but anyway, let's, yeah. Let's talk albums. about let's talk about the overall feel for the album. So that's like. Uh, it's relate with for full transparency we've got three questions for this section what's the overall feel how well do the tracks flow into each other and more specifically for this one i think overall theme of the album how does it communicate it so i think the overall feel and how and what is the theme and how does it communicate that are intrinsically linked i'll go first because i like the sound of my own voice apparently (laughs) I'm very sorry, and I, I know I am a right knob. <laughs> but, oh, it's all right. Um, once, once I get started, I don't shut up either. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so the th- overall theme and how it communicates, um, it is, it's very obvious kind of where this is coming from, you know, political unrest and upheaval from, let's just be honest, pandemic. Now that kind of fits in with what's going on at the moment in the world with, i.e., cost of living crisis. Mm. Will of the people. So you kind of get this kind of like rioting kind of sense right you know civil unrest and if you ask me there's <coughs> going to be riots in the uk by october well you could the, just the the phrasing of the fact that it's will of the people into compliance you could literally draw parallels to the fact that the blm riots happened and then everyone sort yeah. of complied once biden was in and it was all like well nothing's actually changed but we're told that we need to, we're going to be okay kind of thing yeah, very reminiscent of what's actually happening. Well, yeah, I think it, it, during the time during the recording time of the album, there was at one point where there was a riot in LA that and he had to and, get his shit. And out the engineer there. went got the shit out, and then you saw these people breaking into a Nike store. And it's like I don't. I think there are more important things going on when people are dying because mm. people people died during the pandemic. I think there's more important than shoes going on right now than than the the other things so i think there's there's definitely parallels there but i think projecting ahead through 
you can only argue as through just sheer coincidence. Now we're going to we are in a cost of living crisis, and in the UK, mm. energy bills domestically are going to go up to four thousand pounds. It'll be fun. It's going to be it's going to be an absolute cluster flip, and I think there will be some sort of riot in the UK by October. Winter is coming. It's going to be awful. Yeah, and the government the government's doing nothing. It's a good album in terms of like as a as a soundtrack for the shitstorm mm. that is that is in front of us. So it communicates the theme very well by accident. Compare it to the previous album, Simulation Theory, where this the it was apparently a concept album. It was a concept album. It was a concept album of three songs. If that album failed, it ha- the, the songs individually, some of them were pretty good. I really like Algorithm. I really like Dark Side. Dark Side. I really like Break It to Me. Blockades is pretty fun too. Some of the other songs are a bit poor. Mm. But this one, right? It's not a concept album, but it. It, it's got not, it's got themes, but it it's, demonstrates yeah. that so much better. It's yeah, it's so much better at just having a consistent. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's why it's good. It's that it doesn't have to. It doesn't feel like it's trying to fit to a consistent thing. Yeah. Other than world's pretty fucked right now, guys, and here's a different perspective on why we're fucked yeah. in each song, kind of thing, which yeah. works fine. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's 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 not it's not got bogged down by how do we get this connective tissue going from one strand or one song to the next. Mm. And they've not marketed just, it as that either. They've just said this is will of the people. Like it's an album, which yeah. is nice. And uh, yeah, and I think so. We haven't written this down. We haven't kind of planned about this. But I think this is seriously a good contender for best, if not top three, Muse albums. My my favourite is still Origin of Symmetry, closely followed by Absolution. The third spot is Black Holes of Revelations, but has that been pipped now? I feel like I'm doing a really good James O'Brien impression now. Yeah, you're you're slowly slipping into it. <laughs> I, I, I I think he's re- I think he's really good, but I think now is one of the people my third favourite Muse album. It, it, it's not saying it's not saying that Black Holes has lost anything, but it's just. But if it, something's better than something brilliant, yeah, it's better. Yeah, yeah. Black Hole, like, yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not like Black Holes has lost anything. Yeah, it's exactly. Just been, it's yeah. just been beaten by it. I think this is a serious contender for t- for top three mm. Muse albums. And it's literally a mine. Past, yeah, yeah. Let's look at the the recent one, Simulation Theory. No. Drones was a bit stronger, but like had some duds in it. S- Second Law. Each that passing right. year. Each passing year for second law for me seems to somehow get a little not, not worse but like not get as not not stay as good it feels very aged more so than actually some of their older albums than that yeah it, it's it's the worst aging album mm. they have and then and then resistance we know my thoughts on resistance their least least good album i still like it i'm gonna reinforce it. i still like resistance mm. it's their least good i like that least um, good. um but yeah so that that's that them that's my thought on it. This is now my third favorite Muse album, um, and it, only only because to me, Origin of Symmetry and Absolution are like, to, like every, everything about those albums is absolutely tip top. I think, I couldn't tell you why. Yeah, I yeah. I mean I think Resistance was my favorite or is my favorite. I think Muse album, but now I'm kind of like you know what, I think Will of the People might be there. The only thing that is maybe pushing me to not make it my favourite is that I kind of wish there, like, one or two tracks pushed it into the five, six minute mark. That would be the only thing, because then I'd be like, okay, everything that I love about Resistance, like the longer proggy songs, 
the Queenie stuff, the kind of metal stuff in like Unnatural Selection and MK Ultra is now in Will of the People. The only thing Will of the People was missing is the slightly longer songs. But saying that, they still work. So, there's not a single song that I listen to that I'm like, this, this needs to be longer. It's just me mm. wanting it kind of thing. And I think, yeah, I think what are the people's up there? It's definitely in my top three, probably my favorite. Um, yeah. It's also their shortest album they've ever made. Yeah, I know. In terms that. of, in terms of minutes, it's like 37 minutes or something. Mm. And where I think we'd previously said, oh, Muse only now do like 10 songs an album. We were like, yeah, do more. But it's like, this is a good counter argument to that it's quality not quantity and and, and i I only said i wanted more songs because i want more muse but then when you say you want more songs that could just be okay right here's another i belong to and i'm like i'm good thanks yeah so that's my thought in terms of like how the songs like how it the album itself it's like yeah third favorite um album in terms of the question around how the songs flow into one another apart from the dodgy one between won't stand down and ghosts as jury's still out on because it's obviously deliberate. Is it like deliberately deliberate that it's so, so jarring? Mm. But other than that, like the way that they do go into each other is really good. And I think it's probably the, apart from Drones, which is probably their strongest album in terms of sticking to the concept, mm. concept. This is the best one, the best album they have where songs just flow into each other seamlessly. And I don't know if it's by, you know, it was done, I don't think it was done by design because it's not a concept album, but it works so well. Like it, I can't but help now think that Muse have really taken the, the time and the observations from producing their own album since 2009. All those years, those 13 years. Wow. Christ. Oh, God. <laughs> um, taking those 13 years of experience and actually putting it into this album getting away from the concept album and it really and it really paying off then you ask the obvious question you know is 13 years worth it it's up to you but they they've made a living out of it so clearly it is worth it Mm. but it's like it's really paid off unfortunately i can't help it being reminded of something that you said to me a long time ago in that you reckon as i said already on this podcast that muse had one more black holes left in them yeah ironically this album is now beaten black holes in terms of where i think it is Mm. uh I, I can't help but kind of agree with that based on the previous albums. Yeah. Resistance, my least favorite, my second, my, my, uh, le- least good. The next least good album is second law too, too many duds compared to good, uh, good songs on that. Mm. And this, the, and this album's come out swinging. Can't help but think that it's going to be tougher to kind of, well, it's going to be hard to beat this album, but it's, it's yeah. going to be hard to get even close to it. Sorry, I got hiccups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's so much easier for them now to make subpar albums. That's I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm now, despite this being one of the best albums they've made, I'm now scared for the yeah, future. Me too. Because um, with a, when a bad album comes out, so I will let you speak. No, when a bad yeah, album comes, when when a bad album comes out, you can be optimistic. Oh, the next one, next one will be better. But when a good mm. one comes out, it's like, how do you beat this? Mm. It's 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 like it's like ten times worse than what Star, what Disney Star Wars did. Yeah. It's um, all all of those films, apart from Rogue One, were terrible. Yeah, I think I said it earlier in this podcast, but I'll say it again. It's either a beginning or an end for Muse. They're either going to. My dream would be maybe two more albums where they kind of don't really care at this point about how popular the songs are, but they just push into the real musicality of it because they've done that on this album with like the outro to 
we are fucking fucked. The whole tempo change and the whole like triplet feel over a swung thing. Um, the new territory they're taking with Verona. The, they've mastered the kind of supermassive black hole disco funk vibe that they've tried for so long with Halloween um, and compliance, I guess. Um, they've got the cheap riff song down with Will of the People, maybe Won't Stand Down as well. Um, oh, so spicy. now I almost think that they can either take what they've got and go, let's create one more or two more albums that we really fucking try for. Or maybe they go, done it now. One of the people's really good one to end on. Let's do what we want to do. Just do whatever kind of thing. That's where they're at, I think. And I really hope mm. they decide that they, uh, they would have more benefit to the world by creating two or three really fucking good albums than just going... Like, I'd, I'd, I would happily wait five years for another Muse album if it was going to be a progression from this level. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I'm now reminded of the um, parallel that we drew to <laughs> The Last of Us in our first podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, in, in terms of like, you know, I, I'm, you know, music is a big thing for me, but I do like gaming as well. I'm really excited for Bethesda Starfield to come out. I know it's mm. been delayed for at least six months, but um, like you want, you want it to be good. So a, a delayed game will be good but a you know a bad game will always be bad and it'll leave a sour kind of note in the in the mouth of the audience you know bethesda has been guilty of that by releasing mm. bug-ridden games fallout 76 um. <laughs> i kind of defend fallout 76 now i don't like fallout 76 because mm. they just have given up making content for it. i've heard yeah it's a bit the um, whole thing's a bit of a scenario i got that launch of a new podcast another another gaming podcast that would be Jesus. good <laughs> yeah um, um but in terms of uh, in terms of like the the out, the music with games you can make patches and like kind of like plug the holes in the sinking ship that mm. is a game that is bad but you can't do that with an album once it's out there it's out there yeah. unless you Recorders. go and uh, yeah unless you go right we're going to re-record the whole thing and yeah. do it better here's a deluxe version where it how it sounds how it should sound like <laughs> yeah it's like you can't do that so i'm kind of with you yeah maybe they should wait you know do it give it the time it needs, spend five years after this putting it together. Give Matt Bellamy a reason to write songs. Like, the pandemic, lockdown, governments, riots, all that shit, Russia. Okay. That's all stuff to write about that's up his street. Don't, like, just churn shit out, because otherwise you end up with things like pressure and propaganda, and it's like, well, you're just using very formulaic lyrics over very formulaic writing just mm. to fill up space on an album. I would much rather wait and like him actually write about something that he cares about. Yeah. That he's got an, an actual affinity for. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say also putting through some heartbreak, but I think you, you can't really wish that on people. No, it would give you, it would give you an actually banger like. Yeah. The problematic. Yeah. But you know, you, you, I couldn't possibly wish that. on. No, me and my mate, um, Stephen, shout out. Um, <laughs> he, uh, we've always, we've since I think the second law, or maybe it was drones, but somewhere around then we started to say to each other, he obviously needs to go through some like serious trauma to write some good music again. <laughs> like all joking, like we don't actually want him to go through shit. Mm. Oh, absolutely. But it was yeah. like, well, obviously he'd had a bit of a rough time around Showbiz Origin Absolution, and he had some real anger and stuff that he wanted to say. And it's like, mm. he needs some of that, even if it's not anger and trauma for him, it needs to happy be music, something... Happy he, music, happy music, yeah, happy music. Yeah, <laughs> it needs to be something that he feels passionate enough about to properly write a song. Because mm. that's supposedly what pressure's about. The pressure of people saying, oh, we want you to write a Melt song, oh, we don't like this song, and, and him trying to keep up with, like, the... The requests out, of yeah, the people. 
Yeah, because it's all like, what's it? I'm, I don't even know what the fucking lyrics are anymore. I'm grinding it out. No one can see. This pressure's something exponentially. It's like he's grinding out songs and, it's, and they're just getting exponentially worse kind of thing. Like that, I'm pretty sure that's what he was saying in that song. Oh, spicy. I didn't never, I never considered that. But Again, that's that's like the said, vibe previously, I got. Yeah, well, previously, um, lyrics never really been my forte, but that's mm. a very, very good take. But that's nice, then, uh, that Will of the People's given you a chance to appreciate lyrics more. Yeah, it's weird. Something um, about them is good, obviously. Again, again, another shout-out to Billy, who um, cares a lot more for lyrical content. I'm starting to get on, on board with what they're saying. Um, the, the last section on this that we've got is... Um, what songs do we think aren't going to get played live? Muse have a really, really nasty habit of not playing arguably some of the more interesting songs from our albums live. Yeah. So we're talking, we're talking, started from Absolution with Falling Away, mm. never been played live. The riff got, the riff has been teased two, three times. Yeah. Um, everything from Black Holes got played. Um, so skipping over that. Then um, Resistance, they never played Exogenesis Part 2, arguably the most interesting mm. of the Exogenesis And the most symphony. hard. <laughs> and the most hard. So, you know, there's that. Um, Second Law, Big Freeze, my favourite song from Second Law, uh, the most U2, non-U2 song ever made. Mm. Um, brilliant song, absolutely, absolutely stellar, never played. I get because it's quite difficult. Mm. You keep that vocal pattern going with that strumming pattern, but then you could have just gotten Morgan to play. Yeah, that, exactly, but. and make it a synth or something. Right, and that, but yeah, and then moving on uh, to drones. What didn't get played? Aftermath uh, never got played. Yep. Um, and was there another one? Um, Effector or, or, got played like twice. Yeah, it got it got a bit of a it got a bit it got some plays, and then uh, going into simulation theory. Um, uh, Blockade never got played. Comp, the and best song off that album. The best probably. song on the album. Straight like, up, just not played. And what are uh, they not going to play off Will of the People, I wonder? <laughs> yeah, I th- I personally... Right, again, going back to that Twitter thing from uh, from earlier, mm. at the time of recording, yesterday Matt did a whole Twitter dump asking fan questions. So someone did ask him, is everything going to get played? And he said, there is a good chance everything will get played. That is not a guarantee. No. I think, I think Verona is not going to get played live on this tour you heard it here first he also said someone also did say that they wanted you know is ghost going to get played on this and he said mm. yeah there's a good chance for it but it's it's a very painful song so it's not going to be on all the time so maybe that could be one that may not get it um i think going back to that part of the conversation around what is going to get played what is going to get played live is kind of the vibe the feel the, mm. the kind of how does it how does it work how um, does it fit in with the other songs that they have to play live like plug in baby yeah, and nights liberation is going to be maybe the biggest challenge to pull off live just because of the vocal stuff yes you could just get a backing play a backing track that's got all the pre-recorded vocals kind of just mm. done They'll, hopefully they'll just do like a vocoder, do it filling in the harmonies that Chris and Matt can't do live. And Dan, is True. it Dan who's behind the? I think at the moment I think Verona, just because I, not even just because I've just got I've got a nasty feeling. No, do you know what I think? And they, I think I'm right, and I hate that I think I'm right. I think Ghosts will get played at like a third of their shows. Yeah, and I think I think Verona will be played a lot. Because I think right. it's going to be like a new madness dig down kind of thing. I genuinely think Euphoria is going to be the one that doesn't get played. Because the one if thing... The well, that's one of it. The vocals <laughs> are ridiculously high. So they'd have to drop it by a semitone anyway because he's hitting a B flat in that. 
um, in his chest <clears throat> voice, which he doesn't really do live anymore. The other thing is in the live performance video, they don't show him when he's doing the at the end of the solo, which makes me think he can't do that reliably live. And so they just won't do it. Yeah, that's and then, but it's saying that. Then that puts Halloween in the no, firing line they have for to not do getting Halloween. played live. Halloween is the best song. They have to do it. <laughs> it, I'm, it it's, it's 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 even more ridiculous than you yeah. than Euphoria, isn't it? Because it's got that. Uh, it's basically a Van Halen solo. Oh, I just hope that. No, I think they will play Halloween because it's too thought contagiony. It's too dark sidey for them not to. Like it's it's gonna fill that hole in the set. Like, but you might be right. They might not do. You might. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I love Halloween too much. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's 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 hor- It's horrible. And this is the conversation I was most looking forward to. What song isn't going to get played live? Mm. This was this was on this this was on this cue sheet before the album dropped. I wrote this before the album dropped. It was always a question that's going to be in there mm. because they have a bad habit of playing, not playing songs yeah. as they should. I've got major concerns that some of it ain't just that it's just going to not get played and they're still going to play songs that they should drop. Yeah. Like, I I think now they need to drop madness. They need to drop, Please drop pressure. Madness. They need to drop. Are they still playing mercy? They need to drop mercy. Yeah. I don't know what they're actually. Let me look at their rock in Rio set. Cause I've got that on my phone. Serious psycho. I'm going to look at the Isle of Wight festival. Yeah. Um, yeah. Set I mean, madness. Time is running out. It's weird. Time is running out is one of their bangers that I really don't like. I like it. It was. It was like my favorite song when I first started kind of listening to them. That's funny. I've, it's never it been got, one for it, me. Then it got replaced with Stockholm Syndrome. I really like it, but I controversially, I don't think I'd be mad if it's if it um got dropped. Just replace it with um Liberation or something. Madness yeah. can oh. be um Euphoria or Verona. Yeah. That'd be good. An unpopular opinion, but I also think they need to drop Starlight now. Yeah, I, or I think if they're going to do Prelude, just do Survival. Like, it, that's still a good tune. Like, it really annoys me that they do the... And we don't go... Yeah, it goes straight into Starlight. I'm like, this is so disappointing. Like, because it, cause they're where they're putting it in the, tra- in the set list as well, it is the main set closer. So, like, just embrace it. Do Survival. Have three massive tracks to end like who cares like starlight doesn't make sense as a set closer to me to this day it's it's too cold play it's like they're trying to that is maybe that's another Mm, this could be a topic for a podcast at some point the duality of muse the fact that they they try to be sometimes try to be nothing but themselves which i think was what they've done with this album then Mm -hmm. other times they try and be the killers and Coldplay, and i don't know why It really bothers me because Coldplay I fucking hate and Killers I don't really know anything other than Mr. Brightside and like a couple of their big tunes. I'm sure they're fine, but Coldplay, fuck you. Um. I just to to throw a spanner in the works on that. I love Coldplay's first two albums. Well, that's the thing. Their first two albums. I hate Coldplay so much that I've never even bothered to listen to their first two albums. Right. Right. I. Right, but for me, I know this is a big ask to ask anyone to listen to a to music that they previously hadn't done. Mm. But um, like Loward sent me um a bunch of music that she really likes from some French band, and I was absolutely blown away by them. I was mm. like, yeah, I really do. I very politely request that you listen to Muse's first two albums in full. Just give it a go. Do you mean Coldplay? Because so, so... you just said Muse. <laughs> 
Coldplay. <laughs> I'll listen to Muse's I'm, first two albums. Easy, yeah. Yeah, Muse on the brain. Um, yeah, yeah. Please listen to Coldplay's first two albums because I, they're so different from from the stuff that they'd done before. It's quite dark and moody and kind of. It's it. Yeah, I I genuinely think that at least some of the songs in there you will like. I think Amsterdam from their second album. I think you'll like. Mm. Um, uh, well, I mean, I, I do like Fix You and I do like Viva La Vida. But I just cannot stand how much of a corporate like shill but band the, they are now. Like, yeah, but but the, these first two albums were well before that. Yeah, happened. I'm sure they were it's actually so decent. Yeah, yeah, their first album, Parachutes, they got so many kind of like honest kind of. I'm going to download them now and listen to them. Yeah, it? on after after this, just do do give it a listen. I I also you know will say then uh, you know as Coldplay have gone on, they've just like dropped off in terms of them being actually good but i see what you mean in some of the aspects of like the muse stuff in terms of being a bit a couple i think a, a good potentially a good podcast for us to do might be you know the dream muse set list oh where you and i you and i prepare a set list separately and independently of one another compare notes so maybe maybe it would be a kind of like blow by blow like what is song one for you and then what mm. is song two for you and then see how that goes that could be fun yeah, that could be a good little challenge. That could be a good... Who can come up with the best... Here's me, always, here's me always saying, oh, we need to do more than just Muse on this podcast, but we've just come <laughs> up with two additional Muse type... Uh, it's all good. Well, eventually we'll get good. to a point where it's like, we've spoken about all the albums, we've spoken about live shows and set lists, let's talk about Foo Fighters or something. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. should do, actually, <laughs> maybe that should be our next one we do, something about Foo Fighters, because I think after the concert that's happening in September... For Taylor Hawkins, I think Foo Fighters are done. I uh, I already think Foo Fighters were done anyway. No, but I mean, like that's it. I, I don't think... like Foo Fighters. Oh well, I can agree. I can understand not liking them for the last two or three albums. <laughs> I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two words: Dad, Rock. Yeah, but I like that shit. I am a dad. <laughs> I, I'm not really a dad, but I am a dad at heart. And I love fucking love Dave Grohl. He's like he's like everyone's granddad or da- not granddad. He's like everyone's dad that you want. Um, and I was quite upset about Taylor Hawkins and everything. Oh, yeah, and yeah, don't think, get me wrong. It was awful because mm, of like, you know, like look at the the place that Foo Fighters have in the music industry. Like, you know, you know, huge band, and it's terrible to see when anyone dies, let alone someone of that kind of level of fame. And it does, mm. I don't think anyone has ever had a bad word to say about Taylor Hawkins. Yeah, I kind of I want to try and make sure I see that live stream of that show. That should be a really mm. good concert because I think they've got loads of people coming to yeah. special songs and stuff. I can imagine Elton John and people like that will be there. Bruce Springsteen will probably be there for a song. Jimmy Jimmy Page. Yeah, because they did that. Tom Morello they, they will got be him there on once. Oh yeah. Tom Morello, uh, that's an interesting concept for a, yeah, for a podcast. Maybe yeah. we should try that. Anyway, bringing it back together, um, we've, we were just, we were just, I say, just talking about four years ago. We were talking about what song won't they play on this album? Any, th- any, any, any further thoughts to that one? I think it will be, um, yeah, no, Ghost will be played at like one in three shows, yeah. and I genuinely, as much as you're right about it, would it's similar solo tech uh, territories in Halloween. I think because the vocals are mental in euphoria as well i've got a funny feeling or a horrible feeling rather that it won't they won't play euphoria because they didn't play mm-hmm. blockades which is what euphoria is the, the proto song of euphoria kind of thing which doesn't make sense because the solo for blockades is not difficult it, no. it's a bit of tapping nothing in tapping. blockades is hard 
And that makes no sense. I don't. I, that's what annoys me when they say things like, oh, we're not going to play this song, and we didn't play this song for so many years because we didn't have this pedal, or it was too difficult. Shut up. Oh, <laughs> don't, don't even get me started. They, they claim they weren't going to play uh, Muscle Museum mm. at, like, uh, because oh, so, uh, Matt lost a pedal. And it's like, what pedal? Don't give me, like, don't give me that. I've just managed to track down a pedal that I've, that's been discontinued for like six years from a fucking shop in Wales. I was going to buy it from Athens. If I can do that, and I'm me, Matt Bellamy, who's fucking Matt Bellamy, lead singer of Muse, millionaire, fucking musician, almost entrepreneur at this point, can definitely find a fucking pedal. Sorry, that was a bit of a rant. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was that was from 2006, 2007. Mm. And obviously since then, they have played Muscle Museum. Actually, even saying that, on the Black Holes of Revelations tour, they did play Muscle Museum. They played it the alternate night from the gig in Birmingham that I went to, that my friend James, shout out to James again, Could you um, got to see. Ah, it's ah, like ah. so it's so i genuinely thought at that time that excuse for i've lost a pedal is bs mm. and they just wanted to stop playing it you know right case mm. in point evidence to back that up when we go oh no that was about showbiz the um by request shows from 2017 it was like this song will always be on here that was about showbiz but then muscle museum was voted on every time Mm, they just don't like it because it's their Smells Like Teen Spirit, I guess. It's the song that made them back in the day. That's even back in the day, but since then they've had loads more songs that do that. I know, they're still happy to play Plug It Baby. Still they're to still play happy Starlight. to play Hysteria. <laughs> they're happy to play Supermassive Black Hole. Right, they've got these kind of Smells Like Teen Spirit type songs. Mm. Not saying that they're Smells Like Teen Spirit, but no, you know, I know what you mean. For the, for the people listening, it's, this, it's the, 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 the symptom of it. Mm. Um, so they've got, it's more than just that. Like Muscle Museum is still a banger. Do you know? I just, and maybe this is a good closing thought. Maybe this leans on to this is kind of talking about the future of Muse and, and almost mm. is. I wonder a lot of the time when Muse talk about their set list live, they say they're very aware that they know that some fans really want B sides and rarities and stuff like that. Yeah, the gallery. I'm just going to say the gallery. Yeah, like. I genuinely wonder what would... Because I understand why they don't do it. Because if you're just like a casual Muse fan and you pay for a ticket and you don't get Plug-In Baby, Nights, Time Is Running Out, Hysteria, Madness, Starlight, the ones that are big, Supermassive Black Hole, for example, you don't mm. get them and you've paid 50, 60, 70 quid for a ticket. 85 pounds. Yeah, it's a little bit like, oh, okay, but those that's his big song. Like, I wanted him to play it kind of thing. But I do wonder if people would even fucking care if they did... Plug-in baby and two or three others in a set, and then everything else was just futurism, dead star, fury, falling away with you, something, even weirder ones like something human they've played twice, maybe. Like, but just completely fucking shit up and doing things like, how about, why don't we start a, let's start a set, uh, start a, a tour and we rehearse 90 songs. So we rehearse Radiohead. for longer and, and Radiohead just, yeah, change it up every night. Mm. Yeah, Radiohead did that on, on one of their, I think their last tour, the previous tour. It was just like they had rehearsed everything. They were mm. good to try everything. That's and how I liked like, my right, band to be when I used to do band stuff. Anyway. Yeah, I just, you just want to have this like, you know, be, just be the proper Swiss Army Knife, but actually be the band live that mm. you, put, you know, portray to be in the studio. Be able to play anything and everything, whether it's a, a request on the fly, which doesn't happen in Muse. Like they cannot just play a song on, on the fly. Mm. For Which technical reasons, kills it a bit, um, but. some people some people think that they can do requests on the fly, but they have to plan it. Um, mm. People won't like me saying that, but yeah, they can't just. Do no, it. no, someone requested micro cuts one time. Uh, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was it was orchestrated. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, that roulette wheel thing, um, case in point, it was either newborn or Stockholm syndrome, and the the double zeros was always microcuts. Like mm. Matt went to the audience, said, "Request a song," and, he, and someone, people were just innately screaming into the microphone. And the Matt goes, "Microcuts." It was definitely planned. Mm. Okay, argument. He was using the mirror manson for that right which mm. has the fuzz factory in which has which is for that breakdown yeah they knew in, in micro cuts it wasn't he doesn't use that guitar for stockholm or newborn no. it was he basically only uses that for origin planned. stuff now doesn't he like well he only, well, he only uses it for plugin is that the only origin the track oh i guess they play newborn still but he needs a chaos pad for that no um well, because it was in the metal medley, uh, Morgan did the keys for that. Oh. He didn't use a chaos pad for it. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. Uh, uh, that with with that that's it. That's otherwise we're just going to get bogged down to the more things. Yeah, I think we're, I think, we're I think we're done. We're done. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you for joining me on this uh, long long expedition yes. into a conversation. And thank you for about... joining us together, the audience, for listening to our ramblings. I don't know how long this podcast is going to be, and thank you, Harry, if you're in advance for editing it. <laughs> uh, yeah, future Harry is already raging. Uh, but, uh, but, but that is then, this is now. Um, so thank you for joining us. Uh, you can catch this podcast anywhere and everywhere where you're listening, where you can find your podcast. I hope you found it, because you should be listening to it right now. Um, in terms of where you can find us, I'm Harry Chris Robbie, and on pretty much everything, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, technically TikTok. <laughs> mm. um, but uh, YouTube and Instagram is where I am Matt where can people find you uh, I am as well? Jazzboy Fuck Icon TM on Pornhub OnlyFans X Video and no uh, <laughs> on uh, Instagram <laughs> Twitter TikTok Tinder um Facebook, Hinge, um, Hinge. Hinge. Um, <laughs> uh, I can't think of anything. Anymore. I'm just going to deep throat my microphone. Oh, um, yeah, some videos. I'm going to maybe put up. I maybe do a drop of like some Will of the People guitar covers. I don't actually know what the fuck I'm planning to do in the next week or so of my life. But anyway, yeah, you can find me on Instagram and YouTube and shit. Thank you for that. You're uh, welcome. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you uh, also to the people that we shouted out in this, during this podcast as well. You are all wonderful, wonderful people. Um, some more wonderful than others but you know who you are so thank you everyone for listening i've been harry chris robin i've been jazz boy fuck icon and we'll catch you in the next one thank you bye Woo!